This is Jocko Podcast number 372 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. The fourth and final episode for now about the game. If you haven't listened to 369, 370, 371, go listen to those first. We're going to jump right into the remaining questions, feedback that we got off the first uh, podcast that we did about this. So here we go. Talking about the game. Question comes from Corey. There's a couple questions actually. Can someone be so far along in a game, career or relationship for example, that it is not worth it to switch games in terms of return on investment? Love my career choice, but I've seen others who hate their job, but often stick it out to retirement. Yeah. That does, that does happen. This is the the sunk cost fallacy we talked about on one of the earlier podcasts. You you you've been doing that job for a long time, but here and and you've also got to remember that sometimes the sunk cost isn't a fallacy. <laughs> like yeah. sometimes right. Right. you've put uh, you know guys in the military, right? It's a classic example. You're in the military. You've been in for eight years, and you decide to get out. Huh. Okay, you know, you're getting out. You've, you've invested some time. You've gained some skills. You're going to get out. Ten years, you're like, okay. Still, ten years, you're you're still pretty young. You're 28 years old. You you can figure out another career. You haven't invested that much into it. And you've gotten some return on that investment already in terms of experience. Usually around 12 years is where people start saying, hmm, you put a lot in there. <laughs> you put 12 years into this. You know your job well. So, between 12, 13, 14 years, well, 13 years, between 12, 13 years, it definitely seems strange. Mm-hmm. There's something going on that you really have to think about the decision. 15 to 18 years is probably a bad move. Like if you put 15 or 18 years into the military mm-hmm. and now you're gonna get out, you better have something awesome lined up. You better be, or be in some terrible situation that you absolutely despise. Because you're giving up a lot, you're giving up the rest of your, you know, money for the rest of your life, mm. and you've already worked. I mean, if, look, that's what makes it weird, right? If you've done a job for 15 years or 16 years, now you decide mm. that you don't like it anymore, yeah. <laughs> bruh. Mm. That's why we got to do these assessments as often and early, right? I see. Yeah. Uh, and then you get people that occasionally get out 18 years, 19 years, and you're like, that's not. A, we don't think that's a good move because mm. you can suck it up for another year and yeah. get paid for the rest of your life. Even if you hate it for that last year. You're like, yeah. okay, cool. Start working on your exit strategy and you'll figure it out. Um, and the military is a distinct sort of example because there is like that 20 year mark where you're gonna get your retirement, you're gonna get benefits after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all that being said, a lot of careers take a lot more than 20 years to get you know <clears throat> retirement out of it. So if you if you absolutely hate your job, it's probably, you were thinking exit strategy. How can you set something up to move on? So yes, that that can happen. Um, yes, can you be so far along in a game that it's not worth it to switch games? Yes, but it can happen yeah. where you still need to make a decision that you need to move on. So yeah. it's just a tough choice. Yeah, if there's a... Um payoff at the end like a retirement scenario that's different than sunk cost fallacy like how you said because sunk cost is kind of like hey i've just in it's like it's it's driven mainly by the time the investment 
in your head that you put into getting where you are. Yeah. So it seems like, oh, yeah, I, I put this much into it. If I just quit and do something else, all that time was for nothing. That's right, right. what it is. But if you have a um, like a retirement, like I said, mm-hmm. or some light at the end of the tunnel, war, all I got to do is stick it out for this much more. And then I get a very big benefit mm-hmm. there. That's different because it's like you're not it's not driven by your past investment. It's driven by, OK, let me just like basically suck it up or, mm-hmm. or try to handle or make the best of this until I get that one payoff. Yeah. So, yeah, like in. Yeah, that's true. Because I know people I know literally like friends of the family that are that are in this conundrum because mm-hmm. anytime, you know, like uh, police have this military mm-hmm. um, teachers have this like where yeah. they have a retirement waiting for them yeah the thing the big difference between military and police police is also a little bit military is like 20 years at 20 years you're gonna get a retirement so if you enlisted when you're 18 like i did you're 38 bro i mean you're but most or a lot of jobs are you have to work until you're maybe 30 years and also Mm. sometimes it's work till 65 Mm. so if you got to work until you a lot of those jobs you have to graduate from college so you're 22 when you get the job now you work for 30 years in that job. Yeah. You're 52. Yeah. That next career is not like jumping up and down at you, yeah. you know? Yeah. People are looking at you like, "Well, do you really want to do this and how do how much do we want to invest in you when you're 52 years old? How much longer are you going to work for?" Yeah. And you are also like, "Hey, I've been working for 30 freaking years. Now I got to go do some other." Yeah. So that's why I think and now now this dynamic has changed a lot in recent years. I mean, people change jobs a lot more than they used to, mm. you know, when when I was younger, the friends of my parents, they all had the same freaking job. Yeah. They, their entire like lives. Mm. They all got a job and then they stayed in that job. Mm. You know, whether it was working at a construction company, both my parents were school teachers, they were school teachers the whole time. Yeah. 30 years. Yeah. My dad worked at a school for 30 years. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's it. Yeah. That's his job. Mm-hmm. My mom worked at a school for 20 years, then she became a principal and, and a vice principal and all that. What grade did your dad teach? High school? High school. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, but like I'm thinking of the friends of my parents, they all basically had a job, yeah. one job. It's not like today where people are, oh, I, I worked this there for three years and there for f- two more years and I did 18 months at this place. People move around a lot more. So there's probably less of this unless you happen to get into one of these jobs, like you said. Like te- teachers are like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're out here in California. Yeah. Teachers, I think teachers got to work for until they're 65 out here maybe or maybe 30 years, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, you work for 20 years in a school, you look up, you're like, yeah, I gotta have 10 more years of this. Yeah. If you start to not like it, yeah. and you got 10 more years, yeah. you're sort of like, huh. Yeah. But you're also, like you said, there's a carrot at the end of it. Yeah. Plus 10 more years, that's 10 more, you got 10 more summers off, right? Yeah. That's the teaching the job. Best of, they yeah, like yeah. that job, because yeah. the summers are off. Not all bad, yeah. But, I do look at it, look, you get one shot, you get one trip through life, and if you're freaking totally miserable, then you start to look around, like maybe you've been teaching for 20 years and you really don't like it anymore. Okay, well, instead of just saying I quit, no, you start saying, well, what else could I do? What other options do I have? What kind of business could I start on the side during the summer? Mm. You know, maybe I start my crocheting business and I'm making, uh, uh, what are they, like hot, Pads to hold the <laughs> hold the freaking dishes, right? We call uh, them things. Oven mitts. Oven mitts. Yeah, yeah. you start making oven mitts, sure. and maybe you turn that into a business. Yeah, cool. Then you can leave your job. But let's mm-hmm. not do anything rash. You might have to play the game for a while, mm-hmm. and decide 
what you're going to do. But we don't want to be on our deathbed thinking, yeah, so we don't want. We also don't want to be in the gutter, homeless, no. saying, you know, freaking Jocko said, I should chase my dream. <laughs> you can chase your, look, if you have a dream like that, it's strong enough to, that you can do it on the side too. Yeah. The side hustle, right? Mm-hmm. The side hustle. The thing about the side hustle is the side hustle is not easy. That's what people think. The side hustle, it sounds like something you're just doing on the side, but it's actually, if you're doing it right, it's taking as much time as your full-time job. It's just that you have to do it in addition to. Don't think the side hustle is something that you do on the side. It's something that you do in addition to with the same amount of effort in most cases. But you can turn the side hustle into something real if you put the effort into it. Not going to be easy. All right. Um, Question number two from Corey. You mentioned how we can exist in our own little worlds with titles and status, but when we step outside those worlds, we aren't held in such high regard or recognized for those roles anymore. Obviously, it can be a difficult transition to a different career or lifestyle and feel as if the work you previously put in may be invalidated due to lack of recognition. While in the military, did you have any idea of what possible career path you would have afterwards? Well, the answer is no. Um, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I thought I would be teaching jujitsu. I thought I'd be surfing and hanging out with my family. And then opportunities opened up. I did my first like quote unquote leadership talk about six months before I retired. And, and it grew from there. Leadership talks to book, to podcasts, to products, to companies. It wasn't really pre-planned. But I, will, but I think, you know, I think one of the challenges that you can have here is when I got out, I didn't say to my, I didn't say to the world, I served 20 years. I was a leader. You should all respect what I have to say and you should listen to me and I don't have to pay my dues and I deserve X, Y, Z. I didn't say that. I was like, oh, damn, I'm a civilian now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leif and I always joke about the fact that we, we did all kinds of leadership talks for nothing, for free. Go and talk, go travel somewhere. They might give you the the travel pay to go and talk to a company for four hours in the middle of nowhere. But talk to them about leadership. Do it for free. I wasn't like that's below me. Mm. Look, I've been in. The, I was in the SEAL teams. Mm. Oh, I was an officer in the SEAL teams. Therefore, I was in the military. You owe. I, I'm not doing that. No, it's like be humble. This is basically what I'm getting at. Be humble. And and if you. That, that part that makes it a different, what he calls a difficult transition to an entirely different career. If you try and think that you're gonna deserve the respect, that's where you're gonna run into problems. I was like, it's not gonna be there. And, and look, the military, you actually do get like, in some cases, people do give you respect. Oh, you were in the military, you were, have discipline, you've been in leadership positions. A lot of times, that, that that kind of nice greeting that you get isn't real. It's a little bit of lip service. And, well, it's not just lip. Let me rephrase that. They look at it. They're like, oh, Echo, you're in the military. That's great. You've been in leadership positions. You, you're, you're disciplined. You've been training people. That's awesome. They mean it, but they're not ready to turn over a freaking department yeah. to you because yeah. they're like, yeah, that's great, bro. We're not. We're building widgets over here. Yeah. We're not. We're not in machine gun fights. Right. So even though they they mean it, but they don't mean it. Yeah. They they have the respect, but they're not willing to bet on that. Yeah. 
And so you got to earn it, man. You got to earn it. And that's one of the problems that vets run into is they think like, I used to be in charge of, you know, a thousand guys in a battalion. Seven, I had 700 guys into my battalion and I had however many millions and millions of dollars worth of gear. You know, I was in charge of a billion dollar Navy ship. Okay. But wow, that's awesome. I really respect the fact that you had a, you were in charge of a billion dollar warship. Mm. A billion dollar warship was completely under your command. And that's awesome. I re- they do respect it, but they're not going to give you command of this freaking department over here that has an annual budget of $1.6 million. <laughs> yeah. So be ready for that. Yeah. Stay humble is what, what we're talking about. You got to stay humble. And you got to earn it. You know, you got to earn that respect. And if you did a good job when you were commanding that warship or you were commanding that battalion or you were commanding that, that platoon, okay, you should be able to quickly adapt to this new endeavor and do a good job from a leadership perspective and move up the chain of command. It's like, it's like that. So there you go. That's my answer to Corey. Next up, we got David. Play to win, but the game is a zero-sum event. Why? Because we all die and take nothing with us to the next, next life except our souls. Um, fair enough. You know, zero sum, the technical definition is one person wins. In order for one person to win, someone else has to lose. That's what it is. And I don't really think life is like that. I don't think it's a zero sum game. I think I can actually play a good game and I can win. And I actually think my wins can benefit other people. So I'm not sure I really agree with David. I don't think it's a zero sum. I think you can do a good job and you can win. And I think one of the best things that you can do as a person is as you win, take other people along with you. Like, hey, I got a winning team over here. Come, come with me. You know, hook a carabiner into my vehicle here, and we're gonna roll. <laughs> we're gonna keep rolling. Come, come along. Mm-hmm. I got room. You know, let's do this. So, I think you can leave before. I think you can go through this life and die, and actually, actually leave something very positive with the other people that you've encountered in your life and you've helped along the path. Help them play the game. Bring them onto your team. You look, if you're good at playing the game, get some other people in the game with you. Mm. That's a, a beautiful thing. That's what I think, David. Yeah, that, uh, that what, do you, what do they call that? Nihilism, right? Where yeah. it's like, hey, we all, we all die or whatever, yeah. but it's kind of like- exhausting, as they say in the Big Lebowski. <laughs> the, don't you kind of feel like life is kind of like this big balancing act? Where it's like, hey, you got you got some time to make things happen, and then when you're done, you got to pass it on to someone else, and they better make things happen because everyone's time is going to eventually run out, kind of a thing. So that's why, like, when you have kids or whatever, you want to pass knowledge, you want to pass values, you want to pass all this stuff back to them. Mm-hmm. But they're going to die anyway, right? Okay, that's why it's their job to pass that same yeah. stuff, and then their additions to it to other people. It doesn't have to be kids. Yeah, I was going to say that's what I was going to say. It's like it doesn't just have to be your kids. Like you, yeah. you got a group of people. If you're doing well, cool. Grab some people and bring them with you. Yeah. Like that to me is a super positive thing that you can do. And if you and here's here's where I think again when you start looking at the strategic game, like the game, the the overarching game of life, and you're on your deathbed, I don't think there's anyone that will regret helping other people out, giving people a better future with their own kids, with the people that they affected in their life, the people they impacted, I think that's as good as it's gonna get. Yeah. You lived a good, you don't say, 
oh, that guy lived a good life because he made a bunch of money and was selfish and kept it all to himself. No, no one says that. Yeah. No, they say, man, look at what this guy did with the people that he influenced and impacted and was, you know, whether they made money or not, oh, you know, the coach in school that helped everyone and pointed him in the right direction and like all those people have a huge impact. That is how you win the game. Yeah. The yeah. more people you help. Yeah, because that game, I mean, technically, in a way, the game never really ends until everybody dies. <laughs> so you're, it's a, it's kind of like, you know, the, you know, the, if you think of a chain, maybe not a chain, but just think about like how generations like progress, right? Go mm-hmm. on and on. This guy dies, their sons, daughters, people, whatever they grow up, they die, but they pass it on, you know, in that chain of knowledge, progress, everything that gets passed through time or whatever, it's kind of like you want to evaluate what was my role in that, you know? So if you're just a selfish person, you have you literally have no role in it if yeah. you're just selfish. No matter yeah. how rich, no matter how much weights you lift, no matter how much jujitsu you did, if you're just doing it, even though jujitsu, you have a lot of training partners, so <laughs> that, that's in and of itself beneficial. But, but so. check it out. If you're a jujitsu guy and what you do is you come and train and you get better and you win competitions and you're the champion, but you didn't really, you, you never coach anybody, you never helped anybody. Yeah. Who, who does who does everybody love? They everybody loves Henzo. Yeah, because Henzo got you know Henzo. Sure, Henzo's got a great competition in MMA and jujitsu, but he spread the word. Yeah, he helped as many people as he can. You know, everyone, and that's when you think about like what you want to do. Oh, to help more people. Yeah, train more people. Coach John Donaher, right? What's he doing? He's really helping out a lot of people get better at jujitsu. Yeah, it has nothing. To, I don't know if he's compete. Has he competed before? Yeah, back in the day, and actually in a lot of martial arts, from what I understand. But how about the jiu-jitsu? A lot of, I don't know. I mean, so that's before me. But but he's having a huge impact. Yeah. And you know, Gordon Ryan and his team is all like, oh yeah, we like Gordon Ryan said, I'm not competing if 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 John's not coaching me. Yeah. Which is kind of a crazy thing to say, right? Yeah. But that's how much respect he has, and how appreciative he is of John Donaher. John Donaher's invested his life into these other guys on his team. Yep. That's what's made him. That's what's made him uh, 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 an icon of the sport. Yep. Not because he's a champion himself, but because he's taken and passed it on. Right. Now, at some point, hopefully, Gordon Ryan says, "Oh, I've done what I can do in the competition. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to help as many people get better at jujitsu." Yeah. He's already doing that, by the way. And a lot of yeah. us, you know, like in jujitsu or whatever, know that. That's kind of part of the natural jujitsu progression, mm-hmm. and especially now that you can like sell your techniques and yeah, you yeah. know have a career of the of passing on your techniques or whatever. That's like part of it, and sure, of course, you get paid for it and everything. Mm-hmm. But think about the in the big picture, where now all this knowledge came from. Let's say it came from whoever, you know, start even starting at the beginning mm-hmm. with the Gracies or whatever, coming all the way down. Then Dean Lister had his thing, who affected John Donaher, and they're like, hey, let's let's pass it on, passing Gordon Ryan. Gordon Ryan influences people with his performances. Mm-hmm. And his not he's spreading the same knowledge to other people. BJJFanatics.com? I think so. <laughs> yeah, fully. And um, so now when you look at the, the big picture, that chain, like let's say you can grab any individual, take uh, Gordon Ryan, right? What role did he play in this proliferation of this new knowledge, improvement mm-hmm. of the whole jiu-jitsu community? Yep. What role did he play? Huge role. Mm-hmm. Huge role. But yeah, you're right. If he if he just competed and kept it yep. and just like every every one of his actions was solely 
to benefit himself and not to like the zero sum game like for me to benefit no one else can benefit so no one else benefited from his knowledge whatever then you ask that same question yeah. then you'd be like mm, I don't know but you the know? correlation is perfect for life yes because if you take someone like in the SEAL teams if you had someone that was quote a, gr- a great operator in the SEAL teams everyone that's known as a great operator they took their skill like there's somebody oh yeah that guy was a great this great that at this individual skill but someone that took that individual skill and then they taught it to as many people as they can, that person gets sort of elevated in people's minds. In the business world, okay, cool, you were successful in business, but if you were successful in business and you didn't help share and start other businesses to help people grow, then people don't really appreciate what you're doing. So this is is one of those questions that I got asked at one of the Jocko Live events a few years ago, that was 2020 actually, I'll always remember because it was right before COVID kicked in. Sure. But you know, it's like, oh, what, what do you, what's the meaning? Meaning, what's the meaning of life? Like the basic question, it's like, oh, help other people out. And this is what it boils down to. So when you're playing the game, you need to put into your calculus at some point, what you need to do is help other people. Yeah. Because if you're not helping other people and you're keeping it for yourself, you're gonna lose the game in the end. Yeah. You're gonna lose the game. Yeah. So put that into your schedule that when you get the opportunity to help someone out, you can help them out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that, yeah, the, the old, and I know they probably mean it to mean more than just this, but how it can come off when they're like, hey, you can't take it all with you, right? True. It's like, bro, th- that goes beyond like the intention even of having it. And if that is the intention, like that's like a bad, a bad intention just to think in that way where it's like, yeah, because the, the whole, the whole reason of like, eh, it's not the whole reason of life, but like part of like the massive reason of life is to get what you can, learn what you can, everything. And then it's like, like if you had a blender, yeah. right? Here's the thing. If you had a if you're, if you had a blender, you're blending smoothies, you're blending milkshakes, you're blending like all this stuff and this blender is freaking awesome. And you're, and you're, you know, maybe you're making stuff for your kids, your neighbors or whatever, but you're going to die now. Take that blender. You say, hey, you young kid, you get this blender now. Here's all the recipes. I'm done. You take it from here kind of a thing. And I'm done, I die. They do the same thing. So now that blender, it's like, oh yeah, if I took that blender with me to the grave, it's kind of like that blender doesn't, yeah. doesn't help nobody. Mm-hmm. But now you pass it on until they die, they pass it on and, yeah. and that blender keeps on blending. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yep. And hopefully you're teaching people how to build a blender and then they can give away four blenders. Yes. So when you die, you don't just have one, you give it to four people. Now you're talking like, yeah, big time stuff. That's you know, and there's levels to, to it. Yeah. You know, not everyone's gonna do all that, but as far as the, the you know, the essence of it all, yeah. you know, yeah, you don't take it with you, you pass it on to the next guy. Pass it on, man, and and man, you gotta be a you gotta be a real kind of sad person when you're trying to hoard that information. Yeah. You're trying to keep it all. Yeah, it's real. That's gonna hurt you. Yeah, it's gonna hurt you. It kind of goes for everything when you think about it. And I mean, it, obviously, this isn't a like super cut and dry, but like when you're one of those people who who don't want to share info, you don't want to. You don't want to share, even like people who hoard like resources, yeah. you know, just to hoard it, just to have it all, you know. And I don't. It's like just that way of being is kind of like, ooh, doesn't that? It kind of goes against the whole yep. thing. Yep. And there's got to be a way to work through that, you know. If you grow up where you're, where you're, where you're, where you're living in a life of scarcity, when whatever it is, whether it's knowledge, or you know, you were you had to fight and scrap to figure it out, and you finally figured it out or you had to fight and scrap to make money and you finally got money, or you had to fight and scrap to get skill and now you finally got skill. And that would happen with jujitsu, right? Mm. 
the jujitsu person that like came up and had to figure it out and got treated like crap by his instructor that person there's a decent chance that that person now treats other people like crap and doesn't share anything and doesn't show how you did that arm lock mm-hmm. there's also a decent chance they go I'm not gonna be like that guy yeah so and that's the same thing with business it's the same thing with life like you had to man I had to freaking earn it and therefore echo I'm not gonna show you my little tricks of the trade I'm not gonna show you this the way I did this marketing campaign because you got to figure it out but if I go yeah you know it's hard for me I'm actually gonna hook echo up that's what we're doing. That's how you win the game. All right, next question from Walter. How do you think Sun Tzu viewed the game, in parentheses, long game, and played it? And how is that different from the way you slash we play it? Uh, I, you know, I think that he was, I mean, obviously a strategic thinker. So yes, he was thinking about the long game. He saw the game and he made basic I hate using the word basic. I actually changed when we would teach in land warfare. We had like something like basic, basic maneuvers, and I changed it to fundamental because people think basic is not good, but they actually think fundamental is good. Yeah. So he, Sun Tzu, pointed out fundamental theories of the game yeah. and principles of the game that you know well, you got to understand yourself. You've got to understand your opponent. You've got to retreat when you need to retreat. You've got to reattack when you're able to. Don't attack this enemy strong points. All these things. He understood the game. And I think there's just alignment. I don't think there's any major, uh, major outliers that he had some big different thought. It's all universal. If you know the way Broadway, broadly you see it in all things. Uh, Michael. Michael asks. Is the game the path? <laughs> or is the journey as we venture, or is it the journey as we venture down the path? I, as much as my kind of instinct was like, yes, you know, kind of like wanting to get, but, but I would say actually not really, because um, there's a lot of different games being played. I think that's the main thing. Like there's a lot of different games being played. You're playing a game at work, you're playing a game with your relationships, you're playing a game with your health, you're playing a game like all, there's just all this, a bunch of, and then you got the big overarching game of life. Now, I, you know, when I think of the path, mm. you know, capital T, capital P, right? True. This to me is the is the focus on ourselves of getting better, right? Getting better, health, stronger, faster, smarter, creating stability taking responsibility to me those things in life are the path doing the the path is doing the right things for the right reasons right to make sure that you are doing the right things and i would say that doing the right th- one of doing the right things is helping other people is trying to teach trying to l- pass on what you've learned so i guess you could stretch it a little bit but now you know when I. But that being said, generally when I refer to the path, I'm talking about the path of discipline equals freedom, the path of having discipline in your life to do the right things, do what you're supposed to do, and move forward, be better, be faster, be stronger. Here's the thing: unless you are, unless you, unless you do that for yourself, you're gonna have a lot harder time helping other people. If your life is falling apart, it's gonna be hard for you to help other people out. So. I don't really equate the game as the path. 
Um, I don't really think they're the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like it. There's I feel like the path is like this dynamic framework that you can kind of follow <clears throat> and utilize to to put yourself in a position to perform better in the game. Right. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and and that's one of those things too. Is like, sure, there's sort of a universal path that we can all kind of nod our heads and say, yeah, but you might your path might be a little bit different than mine. Yeah. So. So there you go. There's my answer. Yeah, as you kind of like, there are some fundamentals in the path. 100%. There's like you know, there's just a handful of them though. You know, the health thing, but health can look different. So if you just keep going a little bit more advanced in the health part of it, then that can look different for a lot of people. But the health thing is a factor. Yeah. And you know, the relationship, the learning, the education mm-hmm. part of it, and and all this stuff. Um, the the discipline part of it, just that idea of discipline. Discipline's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. But the fact that you can be like, hey, I'm going to do what's right now so I can have that payoff later in many ways. That's really, you know, the, the dynamics of discipline. It's the path of discipline. Ultimately, the path is the path of discipline and where it leads is to freedom. Yeah. That, that's, that's what the path is. The path is the path of discipline and where it leads is to freedom. Yeah. And that applies to everything that is going on in your life. Yeah. Health fitness, business, finances, relationships, it's all, all of those to, to reach a point of freedom in any category, you have to be on the path of discipline. So there you go. Uh, next up, Forrest. Is it better to play this game solo, multi- multiplayer, or does that matter season to season? Cool. Uh, look, there's some games that are solo. There's some games that are multiplayer. There's some games that are played against other people. There's some games that you play against yourself. So, again, the, imp- the whole reason for this series of podcasts was for people to gain the perspective that what you're doing in life, in in many different aspects of life, can be looked at as a game. And the failure to look at it as a game means you're not exactly sure what the rules are, you're not exactly sure how to advance, you're not exactly sure what the goals are, and without goals and without knowing how to advance and without knowing what the parameters are, not knowing what the rules are, it's hard to to know what's happening. Hmm. So this idea of looking at a relationship, looking at a job, looking at an education, looking at your college class, looking at life, looking at real estate, looking at any of these things as a game gives you a perspective to move and do better in that arena, whatever that arena is. So some of them are solo. You know, fitness is kind of a solo thing. Now, can you play it as a team? Yeah, you can get a couple more people that want to work out with you, that want to train with you, that are going to help you, you know, have you ever... Echo Charles had a, have you ever had like a legit workout partner? Yes. Almost. Yeah. I mean, aside from most, I would say most of my life, but I'm trying to think now. I've been working out alone. But yes. And 100%. And who would you more easily let down and not show up for the workout? Your workout partner or yourself? Okay. My workout part, the answer, the short answer is I would let down myself 1,000 million percent. And I would never, in fact, I don't even know if I ever had, I mean, unless I was sick. So I mentioned my, okay, so one of my main workout partners in life was a guy named Squatty Lewis. Scotty Lewis, a.k.a. Police, uh, he's a a policeman in in the Big Island. 
Right. You're not getting the nickname Squatty for no reason. For no reason. Exactly right. right. So, and then, <laughs> and then we had another guy named Rinda Brooks. It was three of us. Yeah. So Rinda Brooks could bench more. Squatty Lewis could squat more Jerk. than everybody. And then I was more the more balanced guy who was mm-hmm. like, you know, we're all pretty close. But, oh, bro, 100%. So I would even say the multiplayer scenario yep. is... If you can pull that off, you yeah. want to do that more often than not. If totally. you can pull it off, totally. And it, you know, and even with that, like you got to kind of choose the right people because you get you know, things can arise that might work against you sometimes. But I'm saying if you can pull it off, multiplayer and fitness, that's a good one, right? Where it makes it not only more enjoyable, the hard parts it makes it more enjoyable. But yes, you're way more accountable. Mm-hmm. There's like so many dynamics that are there with multiplayer with more people than it is by by yourself. In fact, you can find yourself, and actually this might even be a skill to develop, but if you're not looking at at it that way, you'll have additional struggles by yourself, Mm -hmm. like additional challenges that you might not need, you know, if you're trying to reach a certain goal. But with like other people, if you guys are on the same page, you can just blow through stuff. Yeah, having that team aspect. So maybe to amend my initial answer, it's like, yeah, there's solo games, there's multiplayer. You're probably gonna be better off in most scenarios getting a couple people, getting mm-hmm. a team, being multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rare you're gonna find some stuff. And of course you could drill down and go really deep yeah. and be like, technically that's by yourself. But you're gonna be hard pressed to find a scenario where you'd be better off alone rather than with a guy who's down the down for the cause as much as you aligned and yeah. not to mention three guys or four guys or a whole team, you know. Like multiple people will get it done better than one person most yeah. of the time. That's just that's just the way it is. So there you go. If you can, get that multiplayer game going. Uh, next one from Ray. What advice do you have for entering the game later in life, starting a business at 41, feeling like I lost some key years to make hay while the sun shines. Um, thanks, Shaco. Huge part of the reason I got it together is your podcast. Well, that's awesome. But it hadn't, didn't have anything to do with me. That's you. You got it together. I didn't do it. So here's, here's the thing. You're 41 years old. Guess what? You have some experience in life. So utilize that experience and be smart. Um, also, you have to pay attention because you're 41. You've got limited time for reboots, right? You got limited mm-hmm. games, you got limited number of games you're gonna play from here on out. Mm-hmm. Like you probably lost the opportunity to play two, three games. Now what's cool is you learned a lot. You may not, f- what, what, ha- what happens now, you look back and you're like, man, I missed out on that game, I missed out, but now you know. You know what you missed out on. So, you know, do a little bit of risk mitigation, a little bit extra risk mitigation. Lean a little bit conservative, a little bit more conservative than you would if you were 22. You're 22, you're like, I don't care, I'll live in my car, right? Well, you're 41, I don't know, you got a wife, kids, like you're not living in your car. So you gotta, you gotta mitigate risk a little bit. What the good thing is, when you're 21, you're spending money on freaking booze and clubs. You're not doing that when you're 41. You can be smarter. So you you keep that in mind. Know what the minimum standard is. You know, um, I joke, or I don't joke. I often tell people that, you know, when I was starting businesses and whatnot, I told my wife, I was like, hey, you know, if this doesn't go well, we might be just like living in our RV, traveling up and down the coast of California, surfing and just hanging out. Mm and we won't have a house or anything. And she was like, that sounds kind of fun. I was like, okay, cool. 
So know what the minimum standard for your family is and what the minimum standard for you is. And then don't, you know, put that money, take that money off the table. Take that lifestyle money off the table to make sure that you're good to go. You know, there's a temptation when you're 31, you're like, oh, I got this business going, it's going well, I'm gonna gonna mortgage the house. Mm. Well, when you're 31 and you mortgage the house and you lose it, cool. Your bankruptcy clears by the time you're, by the time you're uh, what seven years, mm-hmm. so you clear that BK and now you can come back. You've got a steady job. You can get another house, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're 41 and you mortgage the house and then you lose it, now you're like 50, bro. We don't mm-hmm. want to be doing that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying risk mitigation. That would be the uh, advice for entering the game a little later on. Pay attention. Next question from Mike. The cool, part, the cool part about life as a game is that there are no three strikes and out. As hard as life can be made, or it is easier, it is the easier fact known. As hard as life can be or made, it is the easier fact known. Not quite sure 100% there. There's always something else you can do. Yep, just don't quit. Yep, that's true for the most part. We can screw things up permanently. And look, you can you can screw things up permanently and you can try to recover from them and you can move your life in a better direction, but like you get a DUI where you kill a freaking kid on a bicycle and you go to prison and you come out with no license and guilt, like you can do better. But you know, you're you're going to have a hard time. Life is going to be hard. You you know, get caught with, you know, drugs, doing something stupid, coming across the border, right? I mean, you can do some dumb stuff. You you can get, oh, you're drunk. You hit some, punch some guy in the face. He falls down, hits his head on a curb. He's, he dies. And it's on video. And everybody sees that you started it. And now you're going to jail for manslaughter. Like the, so, so just, just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. There are things that you can do that's kind of like strike three. Mm-hmm. And look, you're, you're, you can you can still get your life together. You can still move it in, a, in the most positive direction. Like you can definitely move things in a positive direction, but you're going to be in a tough spot, and it's going to take a long time to recover. So that's why let's be smart. How many of those things that I just mentioned were just alcohol involved? Man, alcohol yeah, like just you know, it's a big one. Yeah. You got rid of that if you took that out of your life, or if you took that out of society, mm-hmm. there'd be so many less people doing dumb stuff. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you go watch uh, whatever kind of fights, yeah. you know, the fights on YouTube. Yeah, hell yeah. Best street fights. Best street fights or I think whatever. it's like a Twitter account, I think. But occasionally you'll see two guys that are like sober and squaring off, like a road rage incident. Like they're both sober. Yeah. But man, a lot of them, they're just drunk in the streets. Yep. Did you yeah, see that true. one where that freaking guy got his, neck, got his throat cut? No. I was like in Australia and you know, guys just out, they're drunk. Obviously when everyone's not totally drunk, but you can tell they're drunk and they're talking shit to each other. And you know, the guy kind of gets in another guy's face and the guy has a knife. He's like, oh, what are you gonna do, cut me? And then they kind of walk away and you're like, oh, okay. And then they, conf- confrontation comes back. They start yelling at each other and the dude, just re- like in a split second, cuts the dude's throat. Mm. And the guy kind of grabs his neck he doesn't really react other than grabbing his neck and you can see blood just pouring out. Yeah. And uh, 
He grabs his neck, he holds his neck while standing for two seconds, then he sl- uh, slumps to the ground and he's dead. Yeah. You know? Whew. You take alcohol out of that, neither one of these people would have done this dumb shit. Yeah. Man, and you think, and uh, th- th- it's all on video, so the guy that did the knifing is now in jail for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I agree with you, Mike. There's no three strikes. Like you can, hey, you can fail this business. You can, do, yeah. you can break up with this relationship. You can start a career that didn't go very well. All those things can happen. All those are recoverable. Just don't, mm. just, just, just don't do anything really stupid. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those, uh, a lot of mistakes that we make in life are very avoidable. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I understand. Like, hey, man, you made the best decision. It turned out to be wrong, and all this mm-hmm. stuff or yeah. whatever. You know, little lapses of judgment, like here now. But yeah, like a lot. There's some big ones, like how you said that, like the DUI one, and because that's super common, man. Mm-hmm. DUI, <sighs> super common. So it's like that's a completely hundred percent avoidable thing. Yep. Even a fight, a street fight, isn't a hundred percent avoidable all the time. But yeah. a DUI straight up is. Yep. So. The alcohol element of it makes those avoidable problems harder to avoid. Yep. Freaking influence. Be careful. It's like this powerful bad influence. That's what it is. Yeah. Just just like kind of puts your judgment to sleep for a little while. Yeah. It's like in bed your judgment wakes up later (laughs) when you're in prison and you're or you're in like the jail cell. Yeah. And your 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 judgment wakes up and it's like, bro. What yeah. did you do? And yeah. you're like, I, you know, it's kind of like, I hope you didn't do anything that stupid. Yeah. You know, I hope you just got into a little scuffle with a bouncer and you got locked up. I hope we're not in here for a manslaughter. <laughs> Your judgment wakes up, right? <laughs> like more like he was asleep the whole time. Yeah, right? no, it was, it was like, like it, yeah, it wakes up. What I miss? Yeah, what, what I, I miss? miss? Like we're, the, we're wrong. <laughs> where are we right now? Yeah, that's. I that's true. I, I will say like I always had a little voice in the back of my head. Even when when I used to drink, I'd be like, mm, it's a good time to leave. Like, yeah. hey, grab the guys and get out of here. Yeah. Like, this is this isn't going in a good direction. Time to get. To, hey, guys, let's let's roll. Yeah. I always had that little little something in the back of my head. Yeah. Thankfully. Yep. Some people that judgment man, he's going to sleep real quick. Gotta watch out. <laughs> get that sauce in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Matt says, how do you manage multiple games that are going on? Yep. Prioritize and execute. And listen. Here's the thing with prioritize and execute is as you're doing it, you have to be, you have to have an open mind and pay attention to the feedback that you're going to get, right? Multiple games. You got your job, you got your family, you got your fitness. There's three of them, right? We're playing all these games, job, family, fitness. And so at some point in your life, your job is going to be more important. You got a big project that's due and like it's with a huge client or it's you're building something and you got a big concrete pour that's going on and you got to get everything ordered. You're working from some 16 hour days getting ready for that. And your your family is going to get put on the back burner. Your fitness gets put on the back burner a little bit. But listen, you got to pay attention when you're when you come home after that concrete pour happens and you did it and successful. And now, OK, it's time to like be home on time. It's time to cut the boys loose for a little while and like, hey, let everyone go have dinner with your family. Mm. Oh, you got to go to the the wrestling match tonight. Go to the wrestling practice. Just you know, check in with the kids, see how they're doing. Maybe your fitness fell off a little bit for four or five days. So you got to pay attention to that. You got to be attuned to the feedback that you're going to get. The feedback from you're going to get from your, in this particular case, your fitness. You're like, yeah, I feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I went up and visited my daughter. Hell yeah. And, you know, we went out to some like nice restaurants and whatnot. And we came home. And I told my wife, I was like, I, I, I might be getting sick. 
I feel, I don't feel good. And I was like, oh no, I ate f- like French fries yesterday and like pizza or pasta, something like that before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's like two days of kind of junk. Yeah. And sure enough, I came home and I did like a, a little fast and then just ate clean for a day. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually fine. Yeah. I just felt like junk because I ate like junk. Mm. So I also had some German chocolate cake. Are you aware of this? I'm situation? aware of yeah. German chocolate. We, we got Sorry. one and we kind of passed it around the fam. <laughs> yeah. But it was really good, Yeah, you know? But that's another thing. You don't feel good. You feel good while you're eating it. Yeah. But then when you're done eating it, well, actually, it's about like maybe the next day. Mm-hmm. You feel, I don't know. We pass it around. I probably had seven bites of it. Yeah. A lot of frosting. It's I kind of went bad. deep on the frosting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that the is there coconut in that one? Yes, there's coconut. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's one of these. You ever been to a place where they go, oh, you gotta try this thing, whatever. This like their specialty. Yeah. So it's one of those places. Yeah, yeah. I dig it, man. In seven bites, mm, you know, it's not too bad. If you yeah. eat like two whole ones or something, then yeah, you might be yeah. in trouble. But then you know, I had the I forget about no. Those bread came out, and I was like, because eh. look, bread. Let's face it, you get like that hot bread from a restaurant. Yeah, and uh, and it's got like the you know they put butter with the flavor in it of yes. some kind. Oh, big time! Yeah. yeah. So when that shows up, yeah. sometimes that can be. Sometimes you go, hmm, discipline equals freedom. Here's the freedom part. I'm gonna get me some of that. Yeah, yeah. But it's got to be good. Yeah. For me, like I want it to be really. I don't. If it's okay, eh, you're passing. Passing. That's so funny. I'm the exact same thing. Okay. Well, there exactly. you go. Exactly. Yeah. Bro, there's a place called Kiyoki's Paradise on Kauai Southside. Mm-hmm. If you ever go. Oh hell yeah. So instead of bread, they have muffins, and they're like kind of sweeter. Uh, I think they're like a, I don't know. They have some, maybe some carrot shards. I don't know. What they have something in there, and they're sweet muffins. <laughs> and then they bust out <laughs> carrot shards. <laughs> you, know, you, grate, you know, you shard it, or what do you call? Oh, uh, you, you grate the carrot. I, know, man, I hear you. I'm tracking. Bro. I'm tracking those carrot shards. Anyway, these muffins are like really yeah. good. And so, like, and just like you were, it's like yeah. If they bust out bread, and I look at it, and the crust of the bread is kind of hard, and like. Like it's just normal bread, bro. I'm passing on every yeah, day, yeah, every yeah. time. But sometimes, and yeah. it depends. There's different kinds of where, like, oh yeah, there's some there's some good bread scenarios that you're like, okay, here's a freedom part. Well, that's like pizza. Yeah, I mean, the range of taste of a good pizza versus a not good pizza. Yeah. That's a huge range. So and true. some pi- and pizza, let's face it, is kind of not good for you. Yeah. And but there's some and there's some pizzas you could eat it and it's just. You're, it just tastes like crap. Yeah, not it's even worth just it. junk. Why yeah. would you be eating this? Yeah. Then sometimes you get there's a couple places where that pizza, yeah. you know, let's roll. <laughs> give me, give me a piece of that. Bro, you know what pizza cheese. I freaking love, and you're probably not even gonna be happy about this is Papa John's. Okay, it's like a full on chain. Like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's probably like a lot of artificial this and that in it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know the recipe, so I don't want to make like that. But that, you ever yeah, been to Felipe's uh, Pizza Grotto? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, in San Diego. Yeah, in what do you mean? I like dig you, it. I dig it. I bruh. dig it. But <laughs> I don't know. That place is next level. It's next level. Yeah, I dig it. I have always thought Lucadia was the best place in San Diego. Good, good. you know, good. Yeah. But I'm just saying, bro. There's a place called Brick Oven Pizza on Kauai. We're, yeah, we're going back to Kauai. Yeah, bruh, really. That's the that's the level. What do you call it in the top tier? Have you ever right. seen Dave Portnoy does like the pizza review thing? No. Oh yeah, he he just like tries pizza wherever he goes. Yeah. yeah. Seems like a good idea. Yep. Yep. You know, <laughs> that is a good it's idea. It's like a good excuse to just eat all kinds. Yeah. And the other cool thing game. is like he basically just has 
a few bites of it. Yeah. You know? And then maybe you go, oh, it's not bad. And he rates it. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, this one's a 6.2. But if a 6.2 to me is not worth eating. Yeah. You know? You get something that's a, you know. It's basically 910. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So you got to pay attention to the feedback that you're getting. Yes. And make sure that you make adjustments in your priorities. Because if you come home from work after you've been pouring concrete and it's been a big part of the job and you've been working 18-hour days for six straight days, getting ready for the pour and then the pour, all this stuff. Mm. Now you get done with that, you gotta pay attention to your family who you've been blowing off. Mm. And you gotta say, oh, this weekend, guess what we're gonna do? I'm not gonna take my cell phone with me and we're just gonna go on this camping trip and we're gonna chill. Mm. So. Pay attention, be attuned to the feedback that you're gonna get. That's how you manage these multiple games that are going on in life. Uh, I like the idea of subtracting useless stuff. And sometimes it can be hard, especially if you really like doing it or whatever. Mm. I was talking to Keenan Cornelius, our friend, jujitsu guy. And we were talking about how like, you know, we're catching up a little bit and, and he mentioned this, how he, he would, he subtracted some stuff mm. out of his life. Like what? Video games oh. was a big one. <laughs> so if you like video games, let's face it. I don't know where you're going with. Yeah. It's crazy how video games are so prevalent. You know, even when I was young, I played video games or whatever. But um, I guess it's kind of like in a way, in a way, kind of like alcohol where it's like, man, it's surprising how successful that is as a product. Yeah. And it gets you literally nowhere. <laughs> but it's like, dang. But but there is something to it for sure. But anyway, the point is when you... um. When you subtract these things that aren't conducive to, especially when you talk about managing multiple mm. games, bro. If oh, you're yeah. managing multiple games, what the what are you doing over here with the video games yeah. or whatever, whatever yeah, yeah. you're doing? Whatever that thing is, it, that's jamming you up. The exactly. booze, yeah. The video games. Did you ever get addicted to video games? Or did you ever play more than like an hour, two hours a day? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I would not say I was addicted. It was just I was a kid. I was young. I was yeah. a kid and freaking, yeah. The game Tekken. You ever heard of that Tekken? I think I've seen like the graphics yeah, of it, yeah, but I, I don't think I ever game. played it. Yeah, the original PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. that was my era of video game involvement. Yeah, we were so... <laughs> you know my dad's like cheap, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do now, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but he was also kind of into computers early on. Yeah. And so he had a Commodore 64. Hell yeah, back I had in one of day. those. <laughs> but he had this game. We, so the games were all like kind of cheap imitations of real games. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we had one that was called Amok, A-M-O-K. Okay. Amok. That's probably the only video game I played. What is it? I don't know. I kind of, you ran around in some <laughs> underworld, tried to stay away from the monsters or something. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But the opening thing, it talked. Okay. The opening, it said, uh, Another visitor, stay a while, stay forever, mm. and then you and started the game. Right. But it was kind of that back in the day, yeah. having a thing that was talking was kind of legit. Yeah, you were like this thing might be kind of my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it actually sounds like a kind of crazy game. Yeah, oh, Commodore sixty four. Commodore sixty four. Remember Atari? Yep. Like, did you ever have an Atari? No, and that was the thing. Like, normal people got Ataris, uh, yeah. but we didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think games were as addicting back then. Oh, no. no. I think they were just more, they're fun little recreational, yeah. kind of real basic, you know. They have an Atari thing where you just get like the Atari joystick and all the games are in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I have that. Not Atari though, the oh. Nintendo. I have okay. the Nintendo one. And yeah, I play that, Dr. Mario. Because there's some games that it's like, oh, this takes some actual like math, like geometry, like <laughs> skill. 
like yeah. Tetris, Dr. Mario, like these kinds of, of games, mm-hmm. right? And they can be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But you could tell it takes like a different type of skill than like yeah. a Tekken. But, or, but I would say the most addicted person to Tetris yeah. was still not, it's not like yeah. they started to hone how you get the dopamine. Yeah, yeah. The dopamine distribution in those games yep. were now, I mean, guys, I, I mean, I, we had a guy come to the muster, great dude, uh, who had been addicted to video games. And he he, he, he was like embarrassed to tell me about it. You know, yeah. he's like, oh, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. Yeah. I was addicted to video games. He goes, you're not going to understand this. He's like, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. You're not going to understand it at all. Mm-hmm. But I was addicted to video games. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, I played whatever it was, 13 hours, 14 hours, 15 hours a day, wouldn't sleep so I could play, yep. had spent all my money on it, like all that stuff. And he realized it was an addiction. He listened to the podcast, realized it was addiction, and said, okay, I gotta stop this shit. And he sold all of his games, sold his console, used the money to buy a ticket to come to the muster. And, and he told me that story. But perfect. To your point, when you got when you're trying to got these multiple games going on and you got something that's encroaching on your time that isn't giving you any benefit, that's when we talk about on one of the last podcasts about this subject. You're doing something that doesn't help your long term strategic goal. Get it out. Yeah. Get it out. It's not worth it. Yeah. So get it out of there. Yeah. And you hear that too, where it's like, oh yeah, if you're binge watching a Netflix series, it's mm-hmm. like that's kind of a version of that, where it's like, yeah, you know, you know. So you gotta, yeah, you gotta take action on that kind of stuff. The um, the video game mm-hmm. thing, the new video games, and I'm sure this is their gig mm-hmm. as far as video game creators. They make you care about what's going on in the game. So when you're not playing it, you still kind of care about that game. You Oof. know, it's like that kind of level stuff. Like even the gra- you see the graphics nowadays. Yeah, yeah, the graphics Bro. are insane. Yeah, they're like, I remember when we used to have Nintendo, right? The regular Nintendo, and then we'd go to this place called the Fun Factory, basically a video arcade. And those big games, you know, the stand-up yeah, yeah, ones, yeah. the graphics like were so good, yeah. so good compared to the Nintendo. Nowadays, like you can have that. In fact, my brother has one of those big consoles, and just like other Nintendo, all the games are in it. But you look at those. Um, you look at those old school games like Rastan. You remember Rastan? Yeah, yeah, that's like a, so. It's like a Conan, a Conan guy. Okay. That was my favorite game. Just super basic. Jump and strike. You can get different <laughs> weapons, but it was awesome. And um, basic, uh, or the graphics are really good. But now you look at those graphics compared to like the graphic. The graphics now look like straight up movies. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. actual yeah. motion oh, pictures. Oh, yeah. For sure. No, I've seen them. I've seen them. Freaking impressive. ridiculous. Get those things out of your, out of your, don't play those games. Play the real games. Um, next question. Oh, wait. That's what Keenan said right oh, there. What? He was like, this is how I shifted it he, um, with the video games. He was like, instead of like improving the status of my character in my video games, mm-hmm. I'm now the video game in my own, or I'm now the character in my own video game. So now I'm trying to improve the, the <laughs> I like and we it. went down the rabbit holes of like, there are so many things you can learn. Like you, you let's say you have, you know, you, you're very robust skill set, right? Jocko. Let's say you have six definite skill sets. Like, of course, there's a little micro skill sets mm-hmm. within them. Let's say you have six mm-hmm. marketable skills, we'll say. Like black belt level, brown, black, Dang, competitive. Dude. We'll just say. I don't think that's a big number. Okay. I don't know anybody that has six black belt level skills in their life. And that's part of the point. Well, okay, let's say you got four, right? Okay. That's a lot. Four is a I lot. Think th- I think two would be pretty Legit. So marketable skills, you're exactly right. One is, I would think anyway, I don't know, I'm not the knower of all things, mm-hmm. but it seems like one is about the standard. If you have two, you're you're in yeah, excellence okay, level. Now you have three. Okay, so 
Of course, it takes a while to get a, a black belt. This is belt like the classic, like Renaissance man, <laughs> right? That's it, right? <laughs> right Someone that's got multiple much. black belts in multiple skill yeah. arenas. Now, the reality is, you don't have to be a black belt in everything, mm-hmm. and that's how the conversation started. Uh, he said, "I'm a." He said, "I was a polymath. Polymath. That's a, that's the word." Uh, and I was like, "What does that mean?" He was like, "You have like um, usable skills in a bunch of different arenas, and they all can play." And that's how we got on the video game talk. But it's like, man. Wait, he said he was a polymath? No, he said I was a polymath. You, Echo Charles? Echo Charles, yeah. Were a polymath. Yeah. Meaning he had multiple skills? That I had. Okay, so me and Keenan, I know Keenan from back when I used to make videos for Metamorphs, mm-hmm. the thing. But yep. I really hit it off with that guy when I met him, mm-hmm. where he'd like be talking about something, but like, oh, yeah. And I kept in touch with him. And, yep. and you know, then we start training to become friends or whatever, just over the years. But he was one of these main guys that I would like randomly have thoughts and ideas with. And then I'd like call him and like we'd just talk. Like I'd go to like drop something off at his gym or something mm-hmm. or see somebody or whatever and wind up talking to him for like two hours in his office about Dang, just all really? kinds of stuff, you know? So he's like one of these guys, and then I hadn't seen him for a long time till today, like mm. in person. So he was like, "Oh yeah, so, you know." We're, so we're catching up, is what I'm saying. Check. And then it's like, "Oh, what have you been doing?" And, it's like, and you know, like obviously, there's obvious stuff that he knows that I'm doing because he's online or whatever. Mm. Then there's like the additional stuff, and so we're just kind of catching up. That's when he was like, "Oh, you're like a polymath. You do this, 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 Got and you, like literally is part of your job, you know." Right. So anyway, um, <clears throat> so the point there is, in life. Like there are so many opportunities and ways to learn new stuff where here's one I went down this rabbit hole on. I'm not a, this isn't one of my marketable skills, obviously, but being a plumber. So the idea of being a, you know, like some people are like, oh yeah, that's so easy. that's basic stuff or whatever, but I never got into plumbing. I don't know mm-hmm. how that stuff works. So like you can go to like on YouTube and there's so many resources just to learn so many things in life where you can get all those skills, whatever skill you want. Yeah. Now, if you can shift your mindset to be like, hey, that's my game. That's what I'm doing. I don't want to improve the um, speed of my character on this video game. Oh. I want to improve the speed of my character in real life. Yeah, or this, like not, or like this. Oh, now my my video game character can cast spells, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is freaking sick. Or it's like, oh, I can actually join Copper Pipe because I learned some skills. Exactly right. I got really lucky when it came to the construction. I worked construction for a little, for a while, little while when I was a kid, and like the guy I worked for, he uh, he did everything. Yeah. And so that means I did everything, right? Oh, yeah, like we yeah. built whole houses from nothing to built. Yeah. You know, that means you're doing, you have a little hand in everything, and man, what a good experience. Cause I did, you know, like I did plumbing, I did electrical, I did framing. Yeah. I did finish, and look, and I'm not, bro, I'm not good at any of these things. You're not black belt Espe- carpenter? Especially uh, finish work. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like finish work. That's where you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little, it's, it, I don't have the mindset for it. Framing, yeah. I like. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, oh, this two by four has gotta move another half an inch to the left, cool. Yeah. Boom, boom, <laughs> ah, You know, it's like monkey, it's like ape yeah, activities. Yeah, yeah I Whereas it. trim work's like, hey, you gotta put this thing in the perfect, it's, yeah. it's a, you know, one sixteenth of an inch off. Got to redo it. I don't yeah, like that. You, to find you that. can't just hit it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I got very lucky in in having the opportunity to do a lot of those different skills. Right, and you reminded me of that when you were like when you told the story. Like, actually, it was a long time ago, but you recently kind of mentioned it as well, where you like redid your whole kitchen or electrical yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. over the weekend. And I'm like, this, but like, <laughs> I, I wish because my dad was a carpenter too. Like, oh, literally, yeah. my dad and two other guys built our whole house. Yeah, where like, God. and I watched them. And I, here's the thing. I would help, like he, we'd help. Mm-hmm. I knew like all about, it, but I didn't, 
I wasn't like like how you got the opportunity to do it with them. Yeah. I was just like, oh, go clean up. And my dad would, and I was interested in like the artistic part of stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, but it just it blew right by me, yeah. unfortunately. And now as an adult, semi full grown adult, I'm like realizing the value of it, mm-hmm. man. But man, if you pay attention, especially early on, actually whenever, man, just pay attention, bro. You can just, well, you can just what do you call level, right? In the video game, you can level, level up your up. whole shit. Yep. So let's do that. Let's follow a little Keenan Cornelius. I'm, he gave us, we, we were training today. He's good. Give me some good, some goods, yeah. you know, yeah. some goods, you know, just like, hey, you know, he's like, how oh, I noticed you were doing this. Boom. Here's a solution. I'm like, yeah. and that's the thing with the jujitsu, just like life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's seeing something that I'm not seeing. Why? Because I'm in the game yeah. and he's watching me roll with Miha and he's like, hey, you're doing this. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you also did this with me and it doesn't work. And I was like, okay, cool. Can you, and he's like, yeah, here's the solution. Oh, okay, thank you. Huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's why opening your mind up, trying to res- put yourself into receive mode and, and putting yourself out there. Like you got to do it. Yeah. That's open the same thing. That's, that's one thing that I, what's a bummer is even though YouTube's cool for like plumbing, yeah. nothing better than doing a project. Yeah. I agree. Nothing better than doing a project because that's how you're actually gonna do it. When you do it, you learn it. Now listen, you like a drywaller, man, respect. Good drywallers, they'll drywall this room in like an hour. No yeah. kidding. The, the, rock is, the, the rock is up and they mud it and tape it and it's done in an hour. This would take me, t- this would take me like a day and a half. You know, so I'm saying they could do it in an hour. Think about that. They could do it in an hour. It would take me a day and a half. Yeah. <laughs> now over time you can get better at it, but got it. You got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. It, but but the YouTube or what or whatever whatever resource or what it's like it's literally a free like guide. Yeah. And a free kind of in a way coach. You know too. what's interesting is when you were that story about me redoing my kitchen. So I did my kitchen in my old house and like I had a three day weekend. And I got the whole, I stripped it down to the studs, redid the plumbing, redid the electrical, and got the drywall hung. I didn't get it mudded. I got the drywall hung in 72 hours, including putting in a new electrical sub panel for the, for the kitchen itself. But what's interesting, this is pre-YouTube. Mm-hmm. I want to say this was like, uh, let's see, what year was that? I got that house. It might have been like, I don't know if YouTube was out, but it was like 2001, yeah. 2002, something like that. But you know what I had to do? Because I, I took electricity in high school, but there's like, you know, you get like the faded memories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I went to Home Depot and I bought like an actual book, like electrical work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, oh yeah, now I remember that. Plumbing, I kind of remember. Plumbing is a little bit easier to remember. Yeah. Um, the thing that sucks about plumbing is when you screw it up, you know right where it is because there's water coming out of it. Yeah. The thing that sucks about electrical is when you screw it up, you don't know what you don't yeah. know where you messed up. It's somewhere in the system. Yeah, you know, seldom do you get like a spark. It's just like, oh, this doesn't work. Yeah. You got to figure it out. Yeah. <sighs> so there you go. All right, next question. Kimberly says, "Could you touch more on deciding what new games to start when coming to the end of the first big game?" I may be coming to the end of my big game, and while I feel like the world is my oyster, I also don't really know where to start. I've been grinding at the same game for so long, I've never really thought about my values or made any other goals for myself outside of it. 
I want to make sure I'm honest with myself and not just throwing out random ideas that sound cool in the moment. Well, that's, that's oh, hey, good for you, first of all. Sounds like probably this is a career situation. Does that sound like a career situation? You've been in a career, you've done good, you're exiting, or you, whatever, time to move on. First of all, I'd say there's lots of uh, opportunities, you know, and I would not jump into any one of these opportunities at once. I wouldn't just overcommit to any opportunity that comes up. I would you know, do various reconnaissance and try, see what you like this and, you know, talk to these people and see what this game is like. And, you know, put, go try, you know, go try tennis, go try jujitsu, go try boxing, go try croquet, go try, uh, what's the new one? Pickleball. Like give them a try. Now here's the, here's what's kind of challenging about this. When you're trying sports like that, there's a decent chance that you're not good enough at it to make it fun. When you go surfing for the first time, it's not fun. When you go to jiu-jitsu for the first time, it's not fun. I was thinking when you go to tennis for the first time, it's not fun. When you go to pickleball for the first time, it's not fun. Right, you're just getting smashed. Yeah. You miss the ball, you get choked, you fall off the surfboard, you can't. So with those kind of activities, you have to do them long enough that you start to feel the, the return on investment from the from the effort that you're putting into it. Mm. So it's a little bit, you know, you have to pay attention to that when you're talking about what new career opportunity do you want to get into? Because some of it you might go, I tried this and I I don't like that industry. Okay, well, let's make sure that you actually understood it well enough. I think it's a little bit easier to understand an industry than a new physical sport. Mm -hmm. But I always talk about the fact that I, like to try, from a business perspective, I like to try a lot of different things. Oh, we'll try this, we'll try that. You know, let's do this thing over here. Let's make this and see how they do. And don't overcommit to something that we're not sure how well it's gonna do. So I would, when it comes to trying to figure out what game to play next, I would dabble a bit. Go, go try, go experiment, go see what's going on. Go volunteer at some, you know, uh, financial firm. Go volunteer at some construction firm. Go, 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 you know, just, hey, I want to see what you guys do. And that's what I would do in that. For, as far, I think the good, the, what I liked about this question was when you talked about the values. And I think you said, I've never really thought about my values or made any other goals for myself outside of the work that you were in. You said it, but outside the work that you were in. I think this is a great opportunity. And I think this should really drive the first part of the question. I think you need to write down, I think you need to do a little soul searching <laughs> and write down like, what are your values? What, what, do you, what do you enjoy? What do you like? What do you want? What, what gives you gratification? And then figure out why those things give you gratification. And I think a good way to do this is play out some, uh, some hypothetical scenarios, right? Like you're, oh, you, you're gonna go for this industry. What does it look like when you win? What kind of, you know, oh, oh, I make a bunch of money. Well, make sure that that's really what you value. Because if you make a bunch of money but you're working 80 hour days and you're stressed out all the time, meh. Now if you, there's some people that love that environment. You know, there's some people that love that environment. There's some people that really like that. I, I'll be honest with you, I kinda like it. I like when things are a little bit chaotic. I enjoy it when there's tough decisions to make. I, really, I, I like that. Not everyone's like that. Some people, they start to break down when that happens. So I would try and, and, and yet there's like a push, like a 
social push to be like on the grind, right? Mm -hmm. The grind's not good for everybody. Mm. Some people like it, some people don't. It's not, if, but if it's not for you, then don't get into some game because everyone's on the grind and the grind and this and that. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, toxic productivity, right? Sure, grind culture. Grind That's culture, another. thank you. So we gotta watch out for that, but figure out what you actually value. So, so you see there's a little difference between values and what you value, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Values yeah. is a thing like, hey, I value, my values are integrity, mm-hmm. my values are treating people with respect, those, those are good, but then you also have to figure out the other thing, which is with what you actually value. Mm-hmm. Not just your values as a person, but what you actually value. And then take that list, then go and start to do your reconnaissance of the world and see what you really wanna do. Don't commit, don't overcommit to anything. Take small steps and you're gonna end up in a good spot. Good luck, Kimberly. Mm. Uh, Next question is from Anthony. Um, When you got into the game concerning the military, it really made me think about some of the struggles I've seen friends struggle with. Similar to the NFL, many people just give it everything and don't think about the broader game outside, yes. You see people struggle with demons post-service because they feel dejected or cast out. Military, just like sports, isn't an end game, and if more young people understood that when joining it would probably help curb some of the issues that's face later on. Yep, this is true. You, you gotta recognize that whatever your job is, whether you're an NFL player, uh, a special operations commando, a hedge fund manager, whatever that thing is, it's not you. It's not you. And there's more to life than that thing. So keep that in mind all the time. Keep that in mind all the time. That that's one game, and there's a bigger game to pay attention to. And that I agree with Anthony that that will help. Jessica says, first I wanna say I love these two episodes. And the quote, discipline is rooted in the truth we tell ourselves, was so good. My question is, would you please speak on the topic of playing the game you don't wanna be in? For reference, my daughter is severely disabled by a rare genetic disorder. The game I play is not one I wanted to play, and yet, as you say, all you can do is say good and move on with it. But this game is played with neither talent nor passion for the game, only the Wii player you're playing it with. Mm. It comes with a lot of stress and regret for a path you don't get to get on. Well, yeah, uh, Jessica, definitely there are games in life that we're gonna get forced to play. And yours is an especially tough one. And, and look, you're right. Um, but what, what can you do about that? Can you curl up into a ball on the couch and cry and wish it would go a different way? You can do that, but that's not going to help you. So as you said, the best thing you can do is say, okay, good. Let's move forward. And then I think, you know, if you want to pull the thread on that, it's, hold on a second, what is good about the situation that I'm in right now? I have to, you know, you you have regret for the paths that you can't get on. So maybe you were going to do a career or you're going to have more kids or you're going to, you know, travel, whatever it is. And all of a sudden you're looking around going, oh, no, I'm not gonna be able to play those games. I'm stuck in this game. So what do we take away from that? For me, you know, um, 
the appreciation for what you do have is so powerful to think about the fact that you've got this daughter who needs help and you are capable of giving her that help and where would she be without you and then the appreciation for other members of your family that have their health and you know i've 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 had some hard conversations with kids over the years you know little warrior kids that are 8 years old or 10 years old or whatever and they're and they're sick they're facing legitimate debilitating diseases like whether they've got cancer or they've got whatever whatever debilitating disease they've got and you know when i talk to those kids i always tell them i, I give them a smile and i say hey listen what you're going through right now going to make you so tough you're going to be able to do anything and I feel Jessica that that's what you are going to experience is the effort that you put forth to play a game that you didn't didn't want to play to get thrown into a game that you didn't want to play but you give that game everything you got I think that will give you massive mental strength in life and something that I believe will probably benefit you and if you have the ability I think it'll actually help a lot of other people as you can pass on some of these lessons learned as we started off talking on this podcast about the fact that one of the most rewarding things and one of the best things that you can do as a human being is take your experiences and what you learn and pass them on to other people. So I think that this experience that you're going through, that's so challenging, so brutal every single day, and yet you're playing that game to the best of your ability, I think there's you're gonna take so much away from that. It's gonna give you uh, an incredible opportunity to help others. So stay strong, Jessica. Stay strong. Um, you got an awesome attitude. Next question is from Jonathan. Hey, Jocko, could you explain how to compete within your own team in order to benefit benefit the organization? I work in construction, heavy equipment to be exact. I would like to figure out how to generate friendly competition amongst my coworkers in order to progress all of our skills and coherence. Yeah, uh, this is exactly what you said. You know, setting up friendly competitions to progress skills is a thing. And it's a good thing. And in the SEAL teams, we did that with everything. Shooting, you did competitions. Running, you're doing competitions. Diving, you're doing competitions. Parachute, everything you're doing is a competition. I'm gonna land closer to the T. When you parachute, you land on a T. Uh, I'm gonna you know, shoot this course of fire faster than you are. Like Everything's just a little competition. And, and it does, as you said, progresses your skills. And it's the same thing I see it all the times with businesses, you know, uh, the sales competition that's going on or the operational turn times or the cost to produce. We're going to re- like all these things, little competitions. So I, I think, you know, when you ask how to compete within your own team, what you do is you just set up fun competitions and you make sure that the competitions are fun and you make sure that they don't undermine the team 
because that can't happen where all of a sudden, you know, echo against me and I decide I'm going to cheat or I decide I'm not going to give echo the key piece of information. Oh, I had a sales call and I ran into this objection, but I'm not going to tell echo how I handled it. So that way he won't surpass me. Mm -hmm. So make sure that your small competitions that you have are embedded and nested in a larger overall goal that everyone is a part of. So if Echo is competing against me in sales and we set up a competition between us two, we also want to set up a competition where our whole team is trying to sell X amount of whatever widgets. So even though we're competing, we also want to reach the overall goal. So that's what we're doing. Friendly competition is good. Um, you have to make sure as a leader it doesn't turn into unfriendly competition. <laughs> he says, another question I have is, when do you know you're being over-competitive and souring relationships in your family, friends, and work groups? Uh, again, the answer is in the question. You, kn- you know you're being over-competitive when you make people mad. And my guess is, Jonathan, that you like to compete. You like to get things going. You like to get, you get fuel, fuel off that, which probably, if that's the way you roll, there's, it's going to piss some people off. And so my, my assumption is that you like to compete. You like to win. You do this often. And I would, because you have, and if I'm, you know, I could be wrong, but if you have that, if that's your innate nature, then let's just, lean towards building relationships instead of competing all the time <laughs> okay because i can i can see just by now that i see both these questions you're probably like the super like hype competitive like that w on the scoreboard but if that's your nature then be careful of it we always have to be careful of our own tendencies i have a tendency to be very hands-off from a leadership perspective and i have to pay attention to that because otherwise i'll just like yeah, you guys do whatever you want. I have to pay enough attention to that. Hey, let me check in. Let me make sure we're going in the right direction. So you have to be aware of your tendency, which it seems like your tendency is hyper-competitive. Be careful. Ryan Dial says, often in a game you can find yourself in a hopeless situation. Say fourth quarter down 56 points. I'm that situation. Oh, in that situation, how do you find the fortitude to keep fighting back, even with the acceptance of knowing and owning that your mistakes got you there? Well, what are my options? We're down fourth quarter. We're down by fifty-six. What are my what are my options? Lay down and quit? No. I mean, well, okay, it is an option, but I would not take that option. I would fight. And in these situations where you're gonna lose, fighting is winning. That's the best you're gonna get. That's the best you're gonna get. Is to go out on your shield. Now listen, that's we're talking football. If you're in a situation where you're where we're talking a big game, we're talking life, we're talking and you made some mistakes, well. What adjustments can we make? How can we rebuild? How do we take ownership of whatever we did that was wrong and get it back together and, us, and, and put together some semblance of forward positive motion? You know, like we, we brought up some pretty horrible examples earlier. Uh, you freaking got a DUI, you crashed, you, you freaking killed somebody, killed a kid on a bicycle, right? You're, that's, you're losing. So what are you going to do? 
what you're going to do is the best you can. You know, that's what you're going to do. Obviously, you're never going to drink again. Obviously, you're going to spend a bunch of time donating your time and efforts to help solve the problem of drunk driving and going to talk to schools. And you're going to do a bunch of things as repentance for this horrible thing that you did. That's the best you can do. But we're not giving up. See, that's that's the key point here. We're not giving up. We're not quitting. We're not saying I did this horrible thing and now I quit. No, we're never saying that. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable in any situation to say, you know what, I just give up on life. No, unacceptable. I put myself in a bad situation. I take ownership of it. I'm going to make forward progress. That's what we're doing. So keep fighting, Ryan. We got Joe. Life is a game should be a high school class. What would you include in such a class? I didn't learn that everything is a game until I was in my late 20s when I realized how much I'd screwed up the beginning of my career. Managers were selected day 100. I started day 500. Um, You know, if I was going to try and teach this to uh, high school kids, I'd probably do something like what we did on these podcasts. I'd clean it up, obviously, and and narrow it down, but this isn't that complicated. And if I was gonna be in a high school class, I would teach it using things that people, that they can relate to, right? So you talk about playing a game with your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had that conversation, I had that conversation with my kids. You know, when they're interacting with their mom and things aren't going that great, when they're going through that teenage, whatever, 13, 14 years old, I'm like, hey, this is a game. And right now you're losing because you're grounded. Or right now you're losing because you're you've got animosity. So you're losing. This is a game. You know what you have to do to win the game? Be nice. Show respect. And then all of a sudden you won't you can pretty much do whatever you want. Sports, school, like, oh my teacher sucks. Okay. So what are you gonna do? Misbehave in class? Get a get, you know, don't turn in your homework, get a bad grade. How's that help? Or do you just Hey, my teacher sucks. Okay, well, form a good relationship with your teacher. Be nice to them. Try and help out. Do your homework assignments. That's the way you create the minimum friction. Even though no one wants to hear that either, by the way. Teacher doesn't even care if we learn. Okay, so you're just going to sit in the back and throw spitballs, shoot spitballs at the blackboard, right? Yeah. Is that a thing anymore? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) That was kind of like a thing. (laughs) Spitballs must still be a thing, right? I don't know, man. I, I don't hear much about spitballs nowadays. Hmm. But I don't know. I, it's been a long time. There's probably like other things school. to do. Yeah. Were spitballs a thing in your high school? Uh, Yeah, here and there. What, wait, what's a spitball? Is that the straw? You yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you right? pretty Little much they take a piece of paper, chew it in your mouth. It's covered with spit. You oh, put yeah. it in a straw or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and it like hits the chalkboard. Yes. Where? Who did that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever do it in the class, but, yeah. you know, outside or whatever. Uh, so that's what you're gonna do. Mm. Shoot spitballs at the blackboard, cause problems. Like, how is that helping? Mm. What does that do? It's gonna make your life worse. You're gonna get in trouble, get detention, get a bad grade, all this other crap's gonna happen. Mm. Most of all, you can play the game. Teachers doesn't care if you pass, cool. Yep. Whatever. Yeah, that's a big one when you deal with when you're dealing with other people, like a teacher, whatever. Especially when they're supposed to be nice in your mind or whatever. So I'm tell you this quick story. Mm-hmm. So in my kid's school, there's a crossing guard lady. She's not very nice. Mm-hmm. She's actually mean. She's That's why mean. she's hired. 
<laughs> so this is the kind she's mean she's dramatic she's like and so she'll just yell at you in front of everybody if you don't uh-huh. like you know if you don't step perfectly on the cross uh the crosswalk or you know like that kind of Wait, stuff she's yelling at you oh yeah everybody <laughs> she 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 said she's gonna call the police on me so here dang bro okay. <laughs> So you need to play the game, this dude. This is my early. What's ex- wrong with you, bro? <laughs> this is my early experience, right? So, me, bro, I don't care about any cross guard lady at all. I don't <laughs> care. Like, you don't care who she's yelling at, bro. I don't care. Um, so I'm like, I'm playing. I'm gonna drop off my kids for to school, and I'm coming from like, this opposite direction as like we would normal normally come. And she's running the crosswalk. She's got her, you know, her helpers or whatever. Mm. So I come. I pull on the side of the road in an quote unquote unauthorized drop off mm-hmm. spot. You're that guy. I'm that guy. I don't care. I'm dropping off on my kids. I don't care what this lady says. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna work out. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you got. I hope you got the cops called on you. She like looked at me. Right. So she seen me. Boom. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's like huge violation in her world. And then so she starts yelling from where she is, charging over to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm in the car and. She's I wish like, I could have seen this. Bro, this is, and here's the thing. Me, had me, my wife, is like early on. Me, my wife, and the kids in the car. So she comes up, rolls up to my window, and is like yelling at me. This is not the spot. Um, like like it was a massive personal violation to her. It's not the spot. I'm going to call the cops and um have them come over here and like arrest you for like uh, like parking here and doing all this stuff, right? Like outlandish stuff. Dang. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> And again, bro, I don't, I don't care about this lady. So it's, so ultimately, it's kind of funny because it's like, bro, first off, you're not going to call the cops. We all know that. And mm-hmm. even if you did call the cops, the cops would be like, what do you want me to come over there for? <laughs> Who is this, the crossing guard lady from up the road? So anyway, so my kids are like, they don't know what to do. They're like getting out all quick and trying to run away. You know, my wife's like kind of like, oh, man, shoot, that sucks, you know, kind of thing. And I'm, and I'm kind of like, I'm not laughing, but I'm like, all right, lady, I, I get it. You know, we shouldn't do this. I get it, right? But my natural instinct is be like, ah, screw that lady, right? Because she's yelling at everybody. Everyone doesn't like her because she's so mean, right? So later on, um, I kind of learned the protocol. I'm like, oh, I see what this lady's doing. Like, she's going about it all wrong, for sure. But, you know, she's a salty old lady. Mm -hmm. She's a cross guard. So I'm thinking, huh. Um, And my daughter is super nice to everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, she's super, she, like, likes everyone. Super nice. So I'm thinking she's like, oh, my gosh, you know, the missus. And she has a name. I don't want to bust out her name. But um, crossing guard lady, like, she's so intimidating and all this stuff. I was like, hey, we should. I'm thinking this to myself, too, before I told it to her. Um, we should be nice to that crossing guard lady just to see what happens. Because no one's nice to her. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for anyone ever to be nice because she's yelling at everybody. Yeah. So it's like, why would someone get yelled at and be like, oh, and genuinely be nice to this person? So you wait. You told your daughter we should be nice to her? Yep. So I thought about it for, you know a week or whatever and then i came out with that i was like oh wait a second this is like no one's she's so mean that she made everyone else be mean back to her which fuels her meanness you know Mm -hmm. so it's like huh i was like hey we're gonna be nicer we're gonna follow all her rules too i don't care how bad of a mood she's in like we're gonna be nice bro like magic Mm -hmm. the moment my daughter is like oh hi hi good morning or whatever she'd be like oh hi and so I've literally watched her, and even even I do it. I, she, I know she, oh, I don't know, maybe she doesn't remember me. The mm. guy she's going to call the cops on, I'm sure she tells that to everybody, but whatever. She's super nice to me now. Mm. Like when I walk or whatever, and 
again, like magic. I'll, I literally witness this all the time where she, she's like, people are, you know, not stepping in the crosswalk correctly or, yeah. or the car, like, you know, didn't stop perfectly on the line or whatever. She's literally yelling at everyone. Like she's in the worst mood. And then we walk up and she's like, oh, she's just smiling all big. Oh, hi. Good morning. Thank you, sir. Calls me, sir. Mm-hmm. Calls me, sir. Nobody calls me, sir. She calls me, sir. The meanest crossing guard lady I've ever witnessed in my whole life calls me, sir. Mm-hmm. Only because all because we're just nice. Yeah, to you treat people with respect and be nice to them. That goes a long way, man. It it's, really does. It's crazy, man. And follow the little stupid rules, you know, like it's no yeah. big deal. The, and that was what really stood out too. I was like, bro, following these rules actually isn't even that hard. Yeah. And quite frankly, I kind of see your point. Yeah, yeah. If she's trying to protect these kids, bro. Yeah. What if everyone just followed the rules? Not attitude, no attitude, whatever. Just what if everyone just automatically followed? Bro, you know how smooth this morning system would be. You know, <laughs> she's like, bro, this lady has a point. Just because she's yelling doesn't make yeah. her wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. But um, again, like the instinct is like, oh, screw this lady! How yeah. dare her yell at me and all the parents of these children trying to get it? Well, like, why are you yelling at everyone? Kind of a thing. But no, bad. Yep. And her perspective, you know, she's like worried about the kids, trying to get people, and people just totally disrespecting her. Oh yeah. I mean, like, kind of like you were. You're like, yeah. We call the cops on me. Yeah, Luckily, yeah. you didn't say that. Laughing, right? yeah, laughing yeah. at her. Yeah, exactly right. Man. So you kind of like got to see her perspective a little bit. It's definitely a, a good move there, Echo Charles. Yep. You are commended, and although I would have liked to see you get arrested. <laughs> uh, next question is from Noah: Is there an entrance exit strategy to enter and withdraw from one of life's games, or is it quite literally get in, get out? Example, I wanna start a company. Should I do research and get all my data before starting, or go in guns blazing? (laughs) Hey, Noah, it isn't get all the data and research, and it isn't guns blazing. Those are extremes, and we don't recommend extremes. We recommend iterative decision making. We recommend small steps and then pay attention to the feedback that you get. So, there you go, no big deal. You wanna get out of a game? Cool, you wanna get into a different game? All right, just don't do it on a whim. Come up with a plan, put it together, make a first step, assess what you got, make another step, that's what we're doing. Next question is from David, and it says work, relationship, etc." as a game causes a shift in our chemistry. We think of playing games as fun, so relating to work as a game creates a context for who we are being when we play the game. Fun, excitement, connection, etc. Maybe playing the game is more powerful than winning. Oh, yeah, I like that. Um, and that's part of it. You know, we've answered some questions on the other podcast is when something sucks, how do you make it into a game so it's fun? You're exactly right. Fun and connection and excitement are all good. That's one reason you train that jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so playing playing is part of the game and part of the fun, and seeing things as a game can make things fun, even when they might not be fun. So I agree. Uh, Kyle here here says, "Are there any games of universal importance, meaning not only to specific groups or circles when one walks away?" I think we'd have to go with health and fitness. I think we'd have to go with teamwork and helping other people. I think we'd have to go with integrity, right? Is integrity a game? Yeah, it is. Because it's, it's something that you're trying to uphold, your integrity as a person. Telling the truth, keeping your word. 
Is integrity more important than winning? Yes, it is. Um, well, at least I guess for me it is. For some people they'd rather win, you know, make more money or get a get a reward or an award rather than rather than keep their integrity. But I believe that the long game long game supports integrity. Um, so, and I think people that are out for themselves universally lose in the end. And we've kind of talked about that on this podcast. So yeah, those are some of the ones I can think of that are kind of universal games. Helping other people, keeping your health in order, keeping your integrity. I think those are universal. Um, Artie says, do you ever burn bridges when playing the game? And if you do, how do you act going forward if you see the persons involved or even need to work with them again? Well, no, that's why I don't burn bridges. So I don't burn bridges. Because look, what? how is it going to help me to burn bridges? Or let me say I never burn bridges, but I very rarely burn a bridge. Very rarely burn a bridge. In fact, it's hard for me to, I don't think I've burned any bridges. I'm, I'm sure I could sit here for a half an hour and think about, you know, somebody that did something at some point and I was like, yeah, you know what? That's not happening anymore. Um, we had a company at Echelon Front that wanted to work with me and they made a product that I did not think is a good product for humanity. And they, we did a call with them, or no, I said no. And then they said, please do a call with us. We really wanna just, we really wanna talk to you. And I said, okay. And so I said, finally relented and said, okay, I'll do a call with you. And then they were pitching me and pitching me and pitching me. And I finally said, hey, I do not think that your product will help people and in fact, I think your product hurts people, and therefore, I will not be doing anything to help you share or spread your product to the world. And they kind of got quiet, and then they were like, well, we appreciate you know your honest feedback. And then Jamie, we got it because Jamie was on the call, mm. and Jamie's like, I've never seen you do that before. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, mm, yeah, because it was kind of also they weren't really getting the message. I was like, yeah, I just, you know, this is not, you know, something we want to get involved in. And then they're like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And finally I just said, hey, I do not <clears throat> like what your product does Damn. in the world. Are you at liberty to say what the product is? I don't want to say it. it's not hard to figure out. Mm. You know, it's something that's not healthy and kind of addictive. Mm. Uh, so... Matter of fact, not kind of something that's not good for people and addictive for people, and at the with really no benefits whatsoever, you know. Um, so that was the type of product that it was. Uh, so I'm not gonna generally, no, I'm, I'm tr- definitely trying not to burn bridges, and it's for the exact reason like you burn a bridge today, how, how do you know what's gonna hold in the future? Mm. And why, what, what benefit do you get from it? You don't get any benefit from it burning bridges with people. Try and treat people with respect, try and be nice to them. It's it's just better for you, it's better for them, it's better for the world. So, I'm trying not to burn bridges. Uh, Samuel says, what do you think sets the rules and manufactures the game? What do you think about God of the Bible who ordains and decrees all things? Quote, the sum of your word is truth and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. 
end quote. Uh, you know, this is something that we covered on, I think, of the, one of the first podcasts. Is, and, and that look, the rules that we follow for the game, or the, the, the rules of the game come from different places depending on who you are. And if, you, if you're following the, the rules from the Bible, look, much of Judo, Judeo-Christian society gets its rules from the Bible. So certainly that has a huge influence on things, but there's other parts of the world. There's other, there's other parts of this country where people get their rules for different games from different things. So I think the question is actually not who do I think sets the rules of the game, it's who do you think sets the rules for the game that you're playing and what rules do you choose to follow? Um, so Nate says, would love to hear you outline the game's ecosystems you're currently engaged in. Go deep on one or two. <laughs> we go deep on all the games I'm involved in all the time. Uh, what games are we in? Jiu-Jitsu, right? Trying to improve, trying to get better, trying to evolve. That's a game, man. We need to bring back the Grounded podcast and just start talking about jujitsu because, man, it's deep. There's so much going on in the jujitsu world. Uh, Jocko Fuel. We got Jocko Fuel. That's a game involved in, right? We've got, we're making product, we're distributing the product all over the country, we're going into retail, we're doing direct to consumers, all those things happening, we're growing very rapidly. Very cool game to be in, but it's a game. There's mistakes you can make on the board. You can get, what is it, a, a return to go. Do not pass go, no, do not. Let's go do, to jail. Go to jail, don't pass go. You know, there's like, there's like things you can land on on the board. Yeah, sure. The retail board. Mm-hmm. Like there's right now, uh, one of the big companies, one of the just giant billion dollar companies is going into some retail places that we're in and buying out the shelf space for millions of dollars. So that's the game we're in. So we're playing against, you know, players that are bigger and stronger than us. Players that are bigger and stronger than us, just like jujitsu, you're gonna go against people that are bigger and stronger than you. Just like war, you might have to fight an enemy that's bigger and stronger than you. So we have to maneuver, and we might lose a battle here and there. Mm. We might lose a battle to a big, strong person that's gonna put, they're gonna expend millions of dollars to take some of our shelf space away. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make an adjustment. What are we gonna do? So there's a game that's being played, Ashlon Front. We got, you know, Echelon Front. We're doing a bunch of things in Echelon Front. Origin. I mean, well, Echelon Front. What are we doing at Echelon Front? We got online training, right? That's a, a huge part of what we're doing right now because it's the most scalable way to share the lessons that we've learned about leadership and life. So extremeownership.com, there you go. What are we doing? That's what we're doing. Are we still doing a bunch of other, you know, things? Yes, we are, but that's a part of the game that we're moving on right now. We're making moves, so that's what's happening. We've we've made bad moves, like we used a a, a learning management system that was awkward to log into and had a weird pricing. The way you had to check out like all the stuff. Those are bad moves. Mm. What do we do? Okay, yeah, that that didn't work too well. There's a sunk cost. We spent a bunch of money on it and building it and it, oh, but it didn't work the way we needed it to do. Should we continue going down that path? Or do we say, you know what? That's not the that's not the way it should be. It's negatively impacting the ability for us to get this information to people. Nope. Okay, we're gonna rein we're gonna give away that money. That money's gone. Reinvest the money into a new platform. That's what we did. 
we just launched the new platform. This is, that's what's going on, right? This is all part of the game. Those are, those are like, that's a classic example right there, right? We spent a bunch of money on a platform. The platform didn't do what we wanted it to do the way we wanted it to do it. We tried, we failed, we tried, we failed. Eventually it's like, hey, this is not working. But we spent so much money, yep, sunk cost. So let's just keep going, no. Cut our losses, new platform. Now all of a sudden we got a platform, we can give parts of it away for free, we can, we can contact people, we can scale it in a way that wasn't possible with the other system. So this is all, this is all the game, it's all happening. Origin, man the game at Origin is crazy. What we got going on there. You know you're buying, we're buying millions of dollars worth of material. We know material that we don't weave, we buy. We buy it from American manufacturers. How long does it take to make, right? If you wanna sell a pair of jeans, you had to order that denim four or five months ago. So there's, just think about the logistics of that. So we've gotta, and by the way, you pay somebody for denim four or five months ago that cost you several million dollars well, you didn't make jeans for five months. You ordered it, you paid for it, five months went by. Mm -hmm. Then you got the material, then you had to sew the jeans. There's another, whatever, month, and now it's out to be in retail, Mm -hmm. to be sold. There's six months. Where'd you get a million, where'd you get $3.2 million worth of material? What'd you do, where'd you get that money from? Mm -hmm. Well, that's money. Mm -hmm. It's not just sitting around. So that's what we're doing. This is all part of the game. So, those are some games that we are involved in at this time. (laughs) Uh, Mike Grayson says, you must know your opponent. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Um, That's obviously a quote from the Bible, and uh, yes, 100%, 100%, there's darkness in the world. And we have to fight it. You know, I I fall victim sometimes to, if I talk about something one time, I feel like, oh, I said it, mm. you know? Like, yeah. okay, well, I don't want to say that again. Um, but obviously, d- the darkness in the world is something I've talked a lot about, and maybe Mike hasn't been listening for that long, but I've talked a lot about the evil in the world. and and the fact that there is a war going on against evil. So, yes, this is correct. It feels, again, it feels a little bit inappropriate to call the evil of the world and fighting it a game, but mm-hmm. it is essentially a game as well. Yeah. They, sometimes it wins a quarter, right? Sometimes it's up at the halftime. Yeah. Zach says, why not use the term sport instead of game? Then he says, hell, the Latin word iocus, also spelled jocus, means joke, fun, sport. Jocko's jocus series on treating life objectively and with discipline to win with the rules. Okay. Noted. Thank you, Zach. Going deep. Steven says, Victor Frankel said, if you want success or fame, don't aim at it. They come naturally as a consequence of doing the right thing. How can we win without trying to win. This is actually uh, something I totally agree with. Um, 
if you focus on doing good if you focus on supporting other people if you in business if you focus on making a good product if you focus on providing good service if you focus on doing good work if you focus on helping other people the reward will come the reward will come so i agree with victor frankel i say the same thing in leadership strategy and tactics about getting promoted you want to get promoted don't think about how to get promoted just go do awesome work if you focus on getting promoted everybody sees that you're focused on getting promoted mm-hmm. and when they see that you're focused on getting promoted they don't like it they're like oh echo just wants to get promoted that's why he's doing this let's undermine him no just do the right thing if you do the right thing for the right reasons um, as Victor Frankel said it will come it'll come naturally uh, there's a doctor here dr. Benjamin says there's only two types of games finite and infinite finite games are played within rules and are played to be one infinite games the rules are played with and played to keep the game going Parify from James Carson so we we we've talked about this before the only thing I would say to the doctor here is I don't know if it's useful to say there's only two types of games and we talked about this already but I won't go into it again there's different degrees between finite and infinite right there's different numbers of rules and pliability of rules and it I think it's more important to understand that yes there are finite games at one end of the spectrum and there's infinite games at the other end of the spectrum and I think what matters most is that you understand that you're in a game and the game that you're playing and what you have to play how you have to either abide by the rules or leave the game or go to a bigger game but yes Good point, Dr. Benjamin. Uh, Jeremy says, how do I express this effectively to middle and high school students? Again, I would paraphrase what what Echo and I talked about on these podcasts, you know, probably turn that into a one-page or two-page outline. And then, like I said earlier, use examples that they can relate to school, parents, sports, interaction between, uh, you know, high school kids, that kind of stuff. Just use things that they can relate to. Little, you know, job at McDonald's or whatever. You got to play the game. You know, I worked at Wendy's. Got to play the game. So use things that they can relate to. Someone named Action Ishii says, someone else kind of said it, but what do you do when you need someone else to play the game with you and they don't want to? And this is kind of the whole, this whole series started off with uh, Sarah Armstrong saying, be careful of relying on other people in the game because you might be let down. So, so control your expectations. Um, but you know, you, there's sometimes you need someone else to help you maneuver. Well, a good way to do this is how can you help them? If I want Echo to do something, how can I help him do it? How can I get Echo engaged? How can I, how can I minimize what I need from Echo? So I'm not counting on Echo in some huge way. And by the way, if I'm, I'm trying to get Echo to do something, am I doing it for the right reasons? If I'm just trying to get Echo to do something to benefit me, well, I'm probably, I'm actually not, I shouldn't be doing that. How is it going to help him? And if, I, if I'm doing, trying to get Echo to do something that's going to help Echo, well, then Echo's much more likely to do it. So let's, let's keep that in mind. Let's make sure that the game we're playing is beneficial to the people that we're trying to get to play with us. Or find out a way to win without them. Or find a game that, you know, you don't need to count on this person. Now, like Echo said earlier, you know, when it comes to like a workout buddy, 
if Echo's my workout buddy, but he's not showing up and he's lazy and he doesn't want to do this the work, and I know it's going to be beneficial if he does it, but he's not doing it. I got to find someone else to play the game with me, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to put a certain amount of effort. I'll send you the text in the morning. Hey, bro, we're here. We're getting ready to hit it. Where are you at? But I can't 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 make that horse drink. So. That's what I'd pay attention to there. Jer- Jacob says, under what circumstances is a room dedicated to the enemy positions and terrain become invaluable? This was, uh, you know, this is like a terrain model. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the answer is when you, almost all the time, but when you can't see the terrain, when you can't just stand on a, like and look out and say, oh, the enemy's over there and we can move over there. When you have multiple friendly and enemy units, so you got multiple things going on. Um, it's oh, it's you know. There's just going to be people that vis- that understand things visually better than through words. So basically, if you can, anytime you can put things in a visual representation, it's going to be helpful. Um, now you don't need this a room dedicated. Okay, <laughs> okay. If you're in a massive, uh, big operational campaign, maybe a room is needed. If you have a Battalion plus a battalion or more sized operation. Um, maybe you need some kind of room set up. I know when I did battalion operations with the Army or the Marine Corps, they would pretty much set up a room and we'd put a big map on the floor with tape and put little building blocks to build show buildings and all that. Uh, very helpful. Yeah, but as like a platoon commander, I always I when we we're going in the field, I'd carry this little little box with like a little ribbon, a couple pieces of ribbon in it, a blue one, a red one, a brown one, and then some little little squares of wood. These are like kind of just shapes, little wood shapes, paper thin, not paper thin, but very thin wooden shapes, like the thickness of a credit card basically. Mm. Little shapes, you'd be like, oh, here's a building, here's a river, here's, and then I had little, again, little shapes that were labeled as the different people in a platoon mm. or fire teams in a platoon. So you could really quickly, in the field, break this thing out and I could do a quick terrain model. So yes, I don't know what this has to do with the game, but there we go, we answered the question. Frank T. Tank. Frank the Tank says, although I believe that life is a game, it's not a very popular idea for my wife. She feels that make that makes her and the family pieces to be moved around a board. How would you address that? Okay, I would not call it, she, this, she doesn't like it, I wouldn't call it a game. I would call it a life, I would call it a journey, I would call it a mission or a voyage or whatever, right? Hey, this is our mission. Our mission. Not I'm playing a game and you're on the, no. Yeah. This is our mission, we're working together, we're a team, and guess what? On the chessboard, or on the team, uh, on the football field, we all got a job. We got to work together to win. I wouldn't get caught up in the terminology of trying to call this game. In fact, I'd say, well, what do you think life is? And she'd say, I think it's more like a, like a, uh, what would what would not be game? What could we not turn into a game? I think it's a play. Play. I think it's a play. Oh, well, yeah, I agree. And so let's, you know, we can shape the outcome of the play, and we all got, all got roles in the play, and... We gotta listen to the director and we gotta, you know what I mean? So whatever, just just make it work, bro. Don't get stuck on terminology. Yeah, because, well, that one's a, that's a, this sticks out to me a little bit because that's true where, you know, we get stuck on terminology where, um, <clears throat> like, the game so- sounds like it's not serious. Yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah, that's yeah. why it's like, hey, you think There's, life is a game? There you was think immediate game? objections to the term game of life is a game yeah. is immediate objections of, no, it's not a game. Right. It's more and we addressed that, that on the first podcast, like out of the gate. Yeah. And this is the same situation, but 
we don't want to make our wife mad, you know? That's, right. You're losing the game if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to step back. You got scored on for sure. Yeah. The, and, but, and keep in mind, too, though, where they were, even if I say the word triggered, that'll mm-hmm. trigger due to terminology. But nonetheless, if if your wife is triggered by the word game in reference to life, right? Mm-hmm. Life, you know. Keep in mind that don't be equally as stuck to your terms. Yeah. Because I made that mistake before. Ooh, where And it, this see. wasn't with my wife. It was oh, with okay. my friend that was like, remember, remember Susanna? Yes. The, the paddler? Yep, yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we'd hang out and stuff and we'd get into little debates, whatever. Uh-huh. And oh, I don't know. We were talking about like payoffs, right? Where it's like, hey, you wouldn't like, <laughs> you know, the idea of being uh, selfless yeah. is can always be circled around to having a payoff for yourself, right? Yes. So we're talking about that that concept, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, hey, can you really find something that's truly selfless, you know? Because you, and I, I said, you always are getting some sort of a payoff. Mm-hmm. And then she hate, did not like the word payoff because it sounds like mm-hmm. money, you know? Like yeah. She was like, no, there's no payoff. There's no payoff. And I was like, no, think about it. There's a pay-. And I kept using the word payoff, not realizing, mm-hmm. oh, she didn't like the word payoff. But if I change it to something else, which I didn't, reward by the way, or reward, yeah, something uh, even benefit. reward, benefit. These, these those all sound selfish. Yeah. Payoff, man. But some, um, if or just say, uh, and I didn't say this by the way, but me being way older now, maybe say something along the lines of, um, uh, we appreciate the greater good or something like that. You know, um, then yeah, perfect. But it was saying the exact same thing. No. You know, but so let me not be as stuck on my word too. If they don't like that word, don't think that, no, 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 this is the the best word for it. Don't think that. Be like, hey, okay, let me think of it. Like how you said, think of a term or expression yeah. that's a little bit more more your speed. For sure. While still understanding what I'm talking about. Yeah. Don't get caught up Gotta in, watch out for in that. words. What happens at Echelon Front, you know, people are like, cover moves like a um, uh, war. Yeah. Oh, cool. Just call it teamwork then. Gunfighting. Call it, call it mutually support. Yeah, it's, we don't care. Hey, the other day you got you got caught up in that just for a second. Mm-hmm. What was it? Uh, train when I said when you said your wife something and I said oh you trained her and you said oh she's not a dog and I was about to be like object but we had a podcast to say. but think about it train yeah you train your dog but you also train yourself in jujitsu you also train yourself in speaking or that, not yourself no, but you know that but what you said didn't work for that scenario no, it worked anytime you think of terms in and I don't know maybe it did maybe it didn't but okay well you can go tell my wife then that she's well trained by me and see how that works out for you know, you tell me that's a good word for that the, for that context that's bro. the exact thing we're talking about I did I wasn't talking you're, to you you're hung up on this shit right now <laughs> and, and Big H is about to get you unstuck <laughs> see what you, right now you're doing the right thing you're like Kind, I mean, technically, given the circumstances, as at this moment, you're doing the right thing. Like, you're yes, like, I no, am, hundred no. <laughs> percent. And I'm doing the exact thing that I said not to do. Where it's like, yep. uh, you yes, use you who used trained me. I said train. You said, well, no, not trained. She's not a dog, right? Yep. I should have just been okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. I yep. should have, but I stuck with trained because yes, I'm did. like, no, no, no. Technically, it is trained, and trained's not a bad. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Trained's not a bad word. Call you, it the terminology. Yep. Good to say. Yeah, shrug your shoulders and find a different word. Yep. You know, have that thesaurus at hand. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Uh, John says, from the perspective of you and Echo, what do you think allows some people to identify the game at such a young age, late teens, early twenty, compared to others? You know, what's interesting on this question is I 
I, my immediate response was I thought to myself, okay, well, taking a step back and detaching, that allows you to see the game. And when you watch and when you observe, that allows you to see the game. Here's what I think is actually the most beneficial. I'm having somebody explain it to you. Yeah. You know, I th- the amount of comments that we got on this podcast from people that were between the ages of, you know, 18 and 58 of saying like, damn, I wish I'd have known this. Yeah. So having somebody explain it to you, I think is the best way to learn it. And what's interesting about this is, you know how there's some things that get explained to you, but you really have to feel it for yourself yeah, before you believe it? Yeah, this doesn't seem to be like that. This is one of those things where people go, yeah, you know, that's actually right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like they see it. It's almost like the, the answer is right there. And then as soon as they it gets revealed, they go, oh, yeah, that's correct. So that's what I think. I think, yes, detaching is a good way to see it. Taking a step back and watching and observing is all good, but having someone explain it to you when some, you know, salty old chief says, hey, this is just a game, boy. You're like, all right, cool. So those are my answers there. Tamir says, two, great two podcast, still not fully clear. Most people want the same games. Make good money, be a good job, be healthy, have a good family, have freedom. How does knowing the game help with this? Why do, why do most people... Struggle. Well, it's because even though people want to make good money, they want a good job, they want to be healthy. When they don't, when they just see those things as as places that they want to be, it's like if you uh, pulled up a, a computer and said, you know, want to go to a good ski mountain, and it just showed you a picture of a good ski mountain. Mm-hmm. Everybody, if you ski, you want to go there. Yeah. Okay, cool. I want to go there. But it doesn't help you at all. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what the name of it is. You don't know. So that's what happens. People, of course, I want to go to a good ski area, but I don't know how to get there. I don't know how much it costs. I don't know what it takes to get there. I don't know where I'm going to stay when I'm there. All those things. Mm-hmm. So when you look at making money, look, you just see, uh, if I showed you a bank account, hey, Echo, here's a bank account with a million dollars in it. You're like, hell yeah, I want that. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Later. I didn't help you at all. Yeah. If I say, okay, here's what you got to do. Here's some things to become financially secure. You want to invest your money in this way. You want to save this type of money. You want to not waste your money on these things over here. Like I start, those are the rules. All of a sudden you see it as a game. Same thing with relationships. Oh, you want to marry someone that you have a good temperament that compliments each other, like all those things. So there's rules to these games. And when people don't see it as a game and they only see these goals, See, people don't, he says people want the same game. No, they want the same rewards. Everybody wants a lot of money. Everybody wants a good job. Everybody wants to be healthy. Everybody wants a good family. Everyone wants freedom. Those aren't the games. Those are the rewards of the games. Mm-hmm. When you realize it's a game, that's when you start putting structure around it. That's when you start figuring out what the rules are and how you can move forward. So that's my answer, Tamir. And that's not to mention that these things that he listed look different for everybody. That is true. So yeah, if you shed, if you shine a light on the whole the whole game as it exists, and that you're a player in that game, you can make your specific moves based on what these things look like for you. Check. We got a few more here. Uh, Benjamin Miller, how have you used the game to further or begin your entrepreneurial endeavors? Again, what we just answered. You, you have an entrepreneurial idea. So you have an objective, but then what are the rules? What is the structure of that game, right? Oh, I want to sell tea. Okay, well, guess what? Do I just like sit there and think about it? No, you figure out, okay, what's the game here? There's, what's, what are the, uh, there's different games you play. There's an Amazon game, right? There's direct to consumer. There's retail game. All those are different games, by the way. What are the rules on those games? What are the rules in retail? 
What are the rules on Amazon? What are the rules on direct to consumer? Those are all things you gotta figure out. So when you start to say, okay, here's the game that we're gonna play, we're gonna sell tea. Okay, cool. What do we have to do? How much do we need to produce? Okay, what are the avenues we can sell it? Okay, so yes, figuring out the rules, figuring out the objectives, figuring out what the competition is, seeing them and understanding them, putting them into a game is gonna make it easier for you. There's an anonymous question. Doesn't viewing life as a game devalue it, make you miss the deeper meaning? Yes, and again, this we, we address this out of the gate. Depends on the definition of the game of game that you use. So go back and listen to those first couple podcasts. We, we specifically talked about the fact that if, if you just use the term game like tic-tac-toe and Monopoly and Candyland, yeah. and that's what life is, it's devaluing it. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the game as something with structure, something with rules, something with objectives, something that other people are playing. That's what we're talking about. Like the deepest meaning of game is when we, is when we use this. I bet that person just saw the little Twitter picture that I put up that said life is a game and said like, oh, you're devaluing and didn't right. actually listen to the podcast. So yeah. uh, someone said the nickening. Life is life. One way to look at it as if it were a game, make no mistake, it's not. There are consequences. For, again, this is the same thing. If you listen to the podcast, you'll realize that this is just not what we were talking about. Dean says, choosing what games you play is a liberating thought, but what about the games you don't have a choice to play in? Could failing to recognize you are playing certain games be a costly blind spot if failures in these areas are being ignored? Basic needs aside, example tech skills. Yes, this is 100% right. Anytime you're failing to recognize that you're in a game, you're gonna be, you're not gonna be playing that game correctly and you stand to lose. And in some cases, you stand to lose a lot. So, so please be careful of that. Um, Trent says, how do you decide if you're in the wrong game? And if you think you're in the wrong game, what do you do? I'm an attorney that's been practicing for one and a half years, can't figure out if I actually hate it or if I'm just getting used to it. <laughs> All right, so let's detach. Let's think about the return on investment. This is, this is another one of those things where like, you know, that first year, I don't, I don't know much about being a lawyer, but I guarantee when you first start practicing, it takes you a lot longer to prepare for a case because you don't know what you're doing and you don't have any assistance yet. And so you're, you know, for you to prepare for court tomorrow, it takes you nine hours today. You get a little bit more experience. You're like, oh yeah, I've done a case like this before. My assistant's gonna handle that. And all of a sudden it takes you two hours and you can go to jujitsu. Sure. Which, which is kind of what your boss is saying. Like you're just getting used to it. Now I could be wrong. And the life of the lawyer is just, you know, 14 hour days every day, no jujitsu, no working out, sitting in an office, which sucks. So I would detach, I would look at the return on investment, right? Because that's another thing is, used to be like a lawyer, if you were a lawyer, you were gonna make a shit ton of money Mm. until there was eight million, until everyone thought that, and then there's eight million lawyers. Mm. I don't know how many lawyers there are, but there's a lot of lawyers. (laughs) There's there's high supply, which means demand is lower, which means you can, it's harder to get those really good paying gigs if you're a lawyer. You can, and you can get great gigs as a lawyer. One thing I know about lawyers that I know that are good lawyers, they love it. Mm. They love it. They love like looking at the case and figuring out and figure ways to maneuver and looking at a contract where they love it. They love doing it. They're like, hey, I got something for you. Mm. They're like, hey, we're looking at this deal, boom, and they love it. 
so, if I'm a little nervous when you say that you've been doing this and you kind of hate it, right? Mm. Like, uh, I was in the SEAL teams. You were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if someone doesn't like humping with a ruck on, mm-hmm. if that, if you don't like, if it, in fact, let me, if you hate that, it's probably not a good job for you. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I do know. Like, what you're I mean, saying, that yeah. is like part of your job is to put a freaking heavy rucksack on mm-hmm. and hump yeah. th- through the desert, through the woods, up the mountain, whatever. It sucks. And if you hate it, probably not a great job. So, when you're a lawyer and you got to look through documents and you got to pull up old precedences from the freaking whatever, and you don't love doing that, you don't love that little. Good gratification that you get when you pull a maneuver on the on the other council. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that can be. You, you, it's probably not a great job for you. Mm. If you're one of those people that watched uh, like law shows, right? Yeah. And you loved watching those cases come together and all that <laughs> stuff. Sure. And then you get to do that. Seems like you'd be into it. Yeah. But if you're like a year and a half into, you like I freaking hate this. I think I hate this. Yeah. I'm just saying, bro. Now listen, I would still get good enough at it that that you start to get some momentum, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, okay, I can prepare these cases faster now and I got my assistant to help me out and you you can you you start going, okay. Now that I have an a, you know, a, a, a assistant helping me and I know what I'm doing and I got a steady stream of clients and I'm setting up my days better and I hate this then it's time to do some strategic thinking, figure out, again, going back to figuring out what, not just what your values are, but what you actually value. Because there's some people, you know what, there's some people that um, they, you know, they wanna be like leader of the law world, right? That's what they wanna be. They wanna be the justice of the Supreme Court. Like they wanna do that stuff. Yeah. They're into it, man. They love being in that ecosystem. They love going to the, the country club. Yeah. And everyone knows it's freaking Echo Charles. You know, he's got a big case. <laughs> you yep. know, there's people yep. that love that. Yeah, yeah, fully. There's people that, like, I'm a lawyer. Yeah. So if that's where you're at, cool. If that's what you value, cool. If you're doing it for the money and you hate it, um, I'm going to say you might want to try and figure out some kind of an exit strategy over the next few years. Yeah. Don't rush in anything. Don't get crazy. Mm-hmm. But start trying to figure something else out. You obviously got skills. You're a lawyer. You can write. You can read. You're good at interacting with people. You can do a lot of different things. <laughs> but let's figure, let's, let's, um, what would be a good way of saying this? I was going to say finish the meal before you decide if you don't like it or not. But maybe it's more like, <sighs> let's get good enough at it and make sure we spend enough time in it to do a real assessment. Like driving a car, I guess. Mm. You know, you might get in a car and you're like, uh, you know, you go to start the car and the key's not, doesn't even have a key anymore, by the way. It's got like a button, and the button's not where you think it is. And so mm. you're like, man, I don't like this car. Or you, you know, it, oh, yeah, yeah. you turn to go to turn on the heat, and it's like, where's the button, right. right? Or when you switch from Apple to Mac or Mac to Apple, and you're like, oh, this freaking Apple sucks, or oh, this Microsoft yeah. sucks. In Apple, you just drag the file over. Mm. Well, here you just right click it. You know what I mean? So you got to do it for long enough that you actually can do a real assessment and you're not just frustrated about the thing. 
Um, you, you mentioned the <clears throat> eat finishing the meal thing. So that the, where in I, I say it's a bad example because like f- for me, I can tell. I don't need to finish the meal, bro. Yeah. I take one bite and I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. I'm out. But I mean, if you shift the analogy, matter of fact, bit, if I smell it. I'm kind of like you just know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, makes it well. Then again, I don't know. Parmesan cheese smells real bad, but tastes real good. Does it smell bad? Yeah, just small Parmesan cheese. Anyway, so think like this. All uh, I think anyway, according to all some, some not a lot, some of the lawyers that I've known and heard from, people who don't like it, mm-hmm. thought they did or whatever. It's like uh, consider you know crab. You eat, you don't eat seafood though. Huh? No. Okay, so crab, right? Mm-hmm. King crab or whatever, colossal king crab. It's good mm-hmm. if you like it. It's really good. So it's a good idea. Well, let's have crab for dinner, right? Bring it home. They serve the crab. It's like the crab has shells. For every crab leg, you got to take off the shell, and that's a pain in the ass. Unless you know the technique, and it's like, or you expected that, and you know, or whatever. But if you're not expecting all that, you're like, probably, it's not even worth it. Like all I saw was the delicious crab on the commercial, you know, and then now the the reality of it, there's all this freaking work involved in it that I wasn't ready for. I wasn't anticipating. And the lawyer thing is the same thing where it's like, bro, I wasn't anticipating 12 hours a day, seven days ago. I wasn't anticipating all this. And only I thought I was going to be freaking a few good men, Tom yeah. Cruise, freaking you can't handle the truth, all this stuff. Meanwhile, like literally 99.9% of my time is spent in office reading stuff, yeah. going back to the books that I studied in law school or whatever, <laughs> coming back to the case and the, it's all paperwork. Like the whole thing is just paperwork. I didn't sign up for this, just like the crab shells. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know we had to crack every single shell and then meticulously get the crab meat out. Then you can have a small little morsel yeah. of crab. But let's face it, there's some people that kind of get into that crab thing and they do it well exactly and like, right. you know, up in Maine, people like showing yeah. you how to do the lobster right. Like, oh, oh yeah. you want to take the claw and yeah. break it over here and they're fired up about that. Agree. And that's so. uh, and that's why I use the crab because I'm into that. The technique to get the crab out where you can get it out without like breaking it apart. Mm-hmm. Like there's technique to that and there's a payoff to that too. And you kind of enjoy that little, that little game. It's kind of like a little fun game. Exactly right. And if you knew that that's involved in the whole process, it's like, you're not surprised or blindsided by it. So it's like, yeah, you're embracing it. And boom, I love crab. Hell yeah. Crab for dinner tonight. Right on, Just like bro. some people are like, hell yeah, lawyer all day. You can name this podcast crab for dinner tonight. Maybe I will. <laughs> all right. Last question. And this will close out the game for now. It says, uh, it's from Nick. How do you handle losing the game? For example, didn't get promotion, company didn't take off, bad investment. Does your game change? Um, I think we all know the answer to this one. Didn't get the promotion, company didn't go the way I wanted it to, made a bad investment, good. What did I learn and what am I gonna do going forward? I just got better at the game. I just got better at the game. Didn't get promoted, cool, I just got better. Because now I can figure out why I didn't get promoted. Company didn't take off. Cool. I learned some something about how and why this went down, and I won't make that mistake again. Bad investment. Great. Great. Now I know to be a little bit more methodical. So that's what I'm doing when I lose a game, <sighs> and that's that. For now, on the game. Man, that went a lot. There's four podcasts about the game. That's a lot. Went deep. It's important, though. I wouldn't look at these like, I would look at them 
what he's talking about anyway is setbacks more so than losing the game. You know, like not getting a promotion yeah, 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 in the yeah. in yeah. Your, the whole you game of life. Game, yeah. yeah, that's a that's they a scored, setback. You got point. You got scored on. Yeah, and actually even yeah. You, maybe if you got fired and now you have to find a new career, I think that's like getting scored on or whatever. Yeah, if you got fi- not just fired, but you got fired and you like got disbarred from that industry. Yeah, that's like you got scored <laughs> yeah. on. But you can come back and you can totally be a well, winner. Depends on what game like, too, because in a basketball game, you get scored on. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. In football, yeah, right. it's a little bit. In soccer, it's a big ass deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal, right? Bro. Huge. Yeah, it's true. So look at it as in terms of like, you know, man, this is a life and jujitsu is a really good one like that. Weightlifting is a really good example of that where it's like, bro, you're going to take these small L's like in the whole in the whole grand scheme of things, probably every single day. Uh, you're you're take losing. These. But then for every step back, it's like, man, if you can and you got to actively do this where you got to if you can make take that one step back into like a step and a half forward. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you know what that took to lose. You know what you did right, wrong, hopefully, mm-hmm. if you're pursuing it. And boom, now you can make that step forward next time you get challenged with whatever challenges that, that devastated you before, whatever. Now you're ready for that. That's it, you don't man. fall into that little pitfall and keep moving forward. But yeah, I wouldn't look at it as like, I lost. Yeah. A lot, like losing the game of life is like if you'd be considered by the general, your general community as a loser. <laughs> so that's a good little test there. Yeah. Which you're not. If you didn't get promoted or you didn't do great on a freaking investment, no factor. Yeah. All right, with that, um, for everybody, if you wanna, you wanna get the physical game going, let's go Jocko Fuel, jockofuel.com. Uh, you know we got the, the ready to drink Molk, which I had one, got done training, which you did not participate in, by the way. No, no, that was. What was it, why not? What's funny is like, I knew you were gonna ask me this. Nothing funny about it. No. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Did you get a little bit disappointed when you saw that it was kinda some good, real good training that you missed? Yeah, so here, yeah, in, in the moment, so. A lot of the time you're like, oh, let's go train. And I'm like, mm, the chance of me really going because I'm already like I'm on this path. Like I have a hard time. And you know this about me where I have a hard time shifting my mental like uh, momentum, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, bro, why are you asking me about training right now? I'm really focused on this thing. So it's not like I'm not going to go. But right now I'm not going to make the decision to go or not. Right? Yep. So now when tomorrow comes to train, it's kind of like it's up in the air. And don't let me get started on something that day. So whatever. But this time I was like, you were like, oh, training before. And I was like, oh, yeah, freak, yeah, because I missed a lot of training. I see you guys taking pictures. You know, FOMO. Yeah. You ever get that? <laughs> pictures of Dean and guys, they trained all good. And you're like, I didn't make it. Anyway, and I seen Keenan guys were starting to come too. I was like, oh, man, okay. So tomorrow I'm going to go. I'm going to go. It's like that's the plan. And then I, um, I got caught up. <laughs> late at night yeah because i tried night. to let you know early enough yeah, you did the right thing you totally did the right thing um and then yeah i got caught up late at night doing some stuff um mm-hmm. and i made the decision last night like oh man i don't know if i'm gonna go train if i if i'm gonna continue on this path last night i mean which i did when i woke up i was like i'm not training at all but i did feel it when i came in and seen you guys you know the post training scene yeah, you know, everyone's all sweaty, yeah. sweat on the ground. He's yeah. talking. One or two guys might be. You can. They're not breathing hard, but you can tell they were just breathing hard. Yeah. You know, it's like a vibe. You know, yeah. right? And then I walk out there on the mat to say hi to everybody, and I'm wearing my regular clothes. Uh, you know, like right? You know that feeling, right? Everyone trained except for me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt it. I kind of felt it more than I usually do today. Yep. So Dave oh. was there. Greg trained. Sloan was there. Miha's there. Yeah. Wait, Dave. Dave. Who? Yeah, Dave. Dave. Youngworth. Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see him. Okay. Oh, Greg he Train was here too? Greg Train was here. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. Who else? Yeah. Miha, Keenan. Sloan, Sloan, Victor. Adam. 
Victor. Andy Burke. Andy Burke. See, we had a crew, bro. Uh, Where were yeah. you at? It hurt. It hurt. So, yeah. Well, actually, at? the good news, that might be, that is probably a good catalyst to, boom, kind of nudge me back into the scene, yeah. you know? Because, like I said before, now, all, like, for a few times, like, the past, my training has been all, like, day of, like, oh, shoot, training's going on mm-hmm. right now. If I leave right now, I can catch, and then I'll go. It won't be like, okay, tomorrow my schedule is this, this, I'm going to train. It's never been that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hasn't been that for a while. So, <laughs> maybe it'll change now. Uh, so when I got done training, sure, yes. And by the way, I have not eaten today, other than I had some almonds. So what time is it right now? I don't know, but it's it's in the it's we're closer to dinner than we are to lunch. <laughs> yeah, we'll say that. And I haven't eaten today, so I got done. You know, I lifted this morning, and then he came here, trained, and I haven't eaten. So I, as soon as I was done training, I was like, I gotta get that little milk. The thing that's great too, you're getting thirty grams of just good clean protein that's going straight to your recovery 30 it's 30 grams of just luscious protein. <laughs> it is you luscious. can kind of feel it you know I, I know it's like placebo effect yeah but i kind of feel it when i drink and i'm like yeah i'm, I'm coming back I'm getting. <laughs> your body's not going catabolic yeah. Anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah i would think that if you're if you're working out then training and still not eating yet and when you do eat, I would think you could feel it there. I'm sure there's all kinds of biological you indicators. Remember, remember I was talking earlier about like there was a company that wanted me to work with them and they made something that was like addictive and bad for you. Yeah. But we made something. It's a little bit the same. It's addictive, <laughs> but it's good for good you. Because that's the thing with the RTD. It's good to have them. You just get them and have them yeah. because it's such a nice thing to be able to satisfy your hunger Mm-hmm. And provide good fuel for rebuilding, and have something that tastes freaking delicious. Yep. Well, well you know the, it's, the shouldn't this be a Nobel Prize scenario? <laughs> Honestly, um, yeah. Honestly, shouldn't um, that be a Nobel Prize? Is there a Nobel Prize for food? Uh, well, you know, I don't know, and I don't know or the for criteria. just mankind, just for mankind. mankind. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I don't know. You might have some. The milk. Yeah, the mo- Nobel the Prize. Mo- a Nobel milk. Prize for milk. Yeah. Yeah, it makes go. makes sense. Uh, so check it out, jockofuel.com. Uh, you can get that. You get the joint warfare. Look, you're going to need the joint warfare. Yeah. At, at a certain point in your life, you're going to need the joint warfare. We got a lot. What's cool, the way you know joint warfare is good is the number of subscribers to joint warfare. Yeah. Like if you subscribe, people are like, yeah, I, I need that. Yeah. I need that. Same thing with Super Krill. You're going to need that. So jockofuel.com, you can get it there. You can also get it. Uh, get the drinks at Wawa. By the way, you might have to look a little bit harder at Wawa for the drinks because there's, you know, that shelf is is filled up a little bit. So get in there, have a look. Don't go. Don't get something that they put right in front of your face, and then they want like they want you to drink something that's bad for you. Yeah. Don't do that. You gotta work a little bit. Look around, find the go, and drink something that's freaking good for you. Something that's not going to give you type two diabetes. Right. You know what that reminds me of right there? That thing you just said. You ever do a Google search? Mm-hmm. It's a regular Google search of, on whatever. Yes, I've done a Google search before. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I understand. And then, but the first one, two, sometimes three results have a little, little teeny tiny word next to it says uh, sponsored oh, or yeah. ad yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. right? It's like that's the first ones you see, right? right? You kind of got to skip those because mm. the interests aren't aligned with you. 
Yeah, See what I'm saying? Paid money for they that. paid money to get in front to of your eyes or whatever. Eyeballs. It's not that it's the most relevant. So mm-hmm. technically, you got to skip the, the conflict of interest ones and go to the most relevant from what or with what you're looking for. Yeah, that's the go right there, there at, at the shelves there. on the shelves. That's the go on the shelves. Uh, that's you know when you go into Wawa, you got to just 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 look around a little bit. Okay. Uh, vitamin shop. By the way, greens, greens, Jocko greens. You know we sell a lot of product right of all kinds our number one thing is greens really yes jocko greens because people realized as soon as you try them you're like oh greens can taste good they don't have to taste like dirt and mud yeah yeah and they and they can actually have better ingredients and can be cheaper what's funny how is that man i'll tell you how when you do it right when you do it right that's literally what my mom told me the part where it's like, oh, greens don't have to taste like, like these actually taste yes. good. And she's a green person. Like green, she's green down machine. for the greens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like she knows, she already accept the whole thing that, hey, greens taste like crap. That's all. That's cool. Yep. We'll, we'll mix it in a nice yep. smoothie or something like this. Or yep. we'll just power through don't it. Don't have to. Yeah. Nope. Not anymore. She was like, oh, I was impressed. I was like, yeah. So check out the greens. They actually taste good. Obviously, they're good for you. Like you, can, let's face it. We're not. We're not rolling back to the house after training, being like, "Oh, I really want to get some broccoli." <laughs> no, typically no. Where's that wheat? Gro-? Like you're not doing that, right? <laughs> it's not happening. No, sir, it's not. And what's cool no. about these greens are, and you know what I've been doing lately? Lately, I've been taking the greens <laughs> and having it as like. Do you know what? This is coming from my wife. Do you know what a port is? It's a kind of wine. Wine, yeah, port wine. Yeah, it was a port yeah. wine. Yeah, but this is the thing about you know, my wife, like, I'm from America, bro. I'm yeah. uncultured. She's from England. She's yeah. like, you know, she, she's more, way more cultured she than me. But, you know, she would be like, oh, maybe after dinner I'll get to port. Sure. Right? Hell yeah. I'm like, well, this is when I was, you know, 25. I'm like, what do you like? Do you like a port? Yep. It's the wine that you have after dinner. And I was like, okay. So for me, greens is like a port. Like you have, you eat dinner, okay. and you want that little nice little something just to kind of put you in the mo in the in the zone. You get your greens. It's like a port <laughs> wine, right? Tastes good, if you say so. Ah, and I can. Wait, dig wait, it. What are you gonna say it like that? <laughs> Why are you gonna say it like I'm 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 not right? Uh, you know what? I'm right. It, you know what's really in, in your own way, bro. You are right, Jocko. You're right. Do you not agree with me? I I can't put it this way. It's more so than I agree or disagree i can't not agree with you put okay it that way. there's a what the reason i think the reason i thought if you, if you ever seen a port wine yeah. they look like they're thicker yeah yeah I th- am i yeah, right they are. yeah it's okay like a thing. so that's what the greens are like yeah the greens are like a like and they're and port is sweeter yeah our greens are sweeter they're yeah. sweet with monk fruit like it's a real thing brah yeah, so let me there. just give you some advice and by the way then you go to sleep and that all that goodness is just rolling through your body as you're sleeping at night just rebuilding you into a freaking monster <laughs> You might have a point. You might be onto something. I will tell you that, dude. So right. yeah, do you drink it in like the port, the glass? The port I glass might do that today. Glass. I've never done that yet. Right, I'm gonna get a port glass. You, there you go. All right, we're gonna make Jocko port glasses for greens. All right, there you go. Boom, report going back. in and making them in America. Boom. Uh, you can get this stuff. Military commissaries, vitamin shop, Hannaford's, Dash stores in Maryland, in Maryland, Wakefern, Shoprite, Circle K, H E B. Been killing H E B. Thank you, Texas. My people, freaking H-E-B is stoked. Uh, Meyer up there in the Midwest, good to go. So check all those out, jockofuel.com. We got you. Origin USA. I just posted a, a little thing today because we made 
12,000 pieces last week yeah. in the various factories. Damn. When, when, when Pete and I shook hands, like, let's work together, yeah. we were, I think we had 12 employees. We might have even had eight employees when we originally shook, shook hands. Mm-hmm. And we were making like 120 or 150 like jujitsu geese. Right, right. A week. Yeah. Damn. Think about 12,000. Yeah. And by the way, this is like, this is the ramp up. Yeah. This is the ramp up. So, uh, originusa.com, all the stuff is made in America, the best quality. We got hunk gear, jujitsu gear, geese, rash guard, jeans, Delta 68s. All day. All day. Uh, boots, joggers. We got short, we got everything. OriginUSA.com. You're gonna need a gi. You're gonna need a rash guard. We got the 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 comfort fit rash guards, yeah. which are like a little bit more chill, more right? loose, like a yeah. dry fit. A little bit more like a dry fit ish. Yeah, yeah. So I normally don't like records. It's a little bit com- tight. You yeah. know what I mean? You know when I used to compete a lot in the jujitsu. Sure. I had a the shirt that I would <laughs> I wore a Guinness shirt. Like, <laughs> that's what I would compete in. Yeah. That was my most low pro. Yeah, like people just be like, "What? Is, who is it?" Because everyone else yeah. be wearing some shit. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gear. I'd be wearing Hell a Guinness yeah. shirt. Yeah, yeah, that is. Joel Tudor used move. to pull that off too. He'd compete yeah. in like a pair of Vans, yeah. like a Vans T-shirt. Yeah, like a bigger one too. Yeah, yeah. like all just, loose. Just a T-shirt. Yeah, like. just a T-shirt yeah, and a pair yeah. of Vans shorts. Yeah, that's yeah. what he was doing. Because that's people are unsuspect. Like, who is this guy? Oh, he yeah. thinks he's gonna come out here and do something to me. Yeah, and then they get triangled. Yeah, or they get footlocked. Yeah. So there you go. Uh OriginUSA.com. Yep. Also, get what jo- you need. Also, JockoStore.com. Jocko is the store. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's called Jocko Store. <laughs> anyway, they, uh, hey, look, we're playing this game. We're in this game. We're on the path on this game. This is how you're gonna. This is how you're gonna in- improve and increase the chances of you being successful in this game. Mm-hmm. If you're on the path, you're gonna represent while you're on that path. That's where you can get your discipline equals freedom. Shirts, hats, hoodies, that kind of stuff. Better than merch, by the way. Merch is just, oh, you know, here, throw this on this shirt. God. No, it's not. It's like very wearable. A lot of people report back and say, hey, this this not only has good good stuff on it or whatever, but it's the best fitting clothes that I have. Check. It's true. JockoStore.com. We also have the Shirt Locker, which is a subscription service where you get a new shirt every month. Mm-hmm. Different different designs, but still on the path, and you're representing big time. So a lot of people have been on that one and, and – Report uh, good feedback on that one. So check it out if you like Jocko Store. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to JockoUnderground.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to or go get Psychological Warfare. Check out Flipside Canvas, my brother, Dakota Meyer. Got making cool stuff to hang on your wall. FlipsideCanvas.com. Got a bunch of books. You know what the books are. Go and check those books out. Um, We've written a bunch of them. Echelon Front Leadership Consultancy. We solve problems through leadership. Go to echelonfront.com if you want to come to any of our events. We got Orlando, Florida, the muster. You just made a video today. came out. Yes, sir. April 3rd through the 5th. And then we're doing Dallas, Texas. October 18th through the 20th. We also got a bunch of other things. We do FTX. We got Council. We got Battlefield. Um, next Battlefield is March 21st. Uh, it's 21st to the 23rd, but it's sold out. Um, so look for the next thing we're gonna do after that. That's all of that, echelonfront.com. We also have our online training program. I talked about that today, Extreme Ownership Academy. Go to extremeownership.com, take courses, ask questions, get coached, get advice. 
learn how to take ownership of your freaking life there extremeownership.com if you want to help service members active and retired you want to help their families you want to help gold star families check out mark lee's mom mama lee she's got a charity organization and if you want to donate or you want to get involved go to america's mighty warriors.org and also we got heroes and horses.org micah fink taken right where's he doing right now oh he just shot a bear with a bow and arrow and he's skinning it as he's riding his horse through the wilderness by himself. Or no, he's not by himself. Oh, no, he's got some veterans with him and they're all out there finding the path. So there you go, Hero, heroesandhorses.org. And if you wanna connect with us on the interwebs, we're on there. Echoes at Echo Charles. I'm at Jocko Willink. Obviously, please just watch out for the algorithm. And, and thanks to the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines that are out there playing the game the big game to keep us safe. Thank you for your continued service. And the same thing for our police and law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, dispatchers, correctional officers, border patrol, secret service, and all first responders. Thank you for protecting us here at home. And to everyone else out there, just remember to take a step back. Take a step back look at what's happening and you're gonna see there's a framework there's a framework to a game that is being played and you're probably gonna be able to see three four or five of them figure out what those that framework is figure out what the rules are figure out what the objectives are and then play the game and until next time Zeko and Jocko out <laughs>